0: Clark, he's Griffin Bass. We're back. Hope everybody had a great holiday weekend. I would like to never see these uh, jelly beans again. I don't know what I'm going to do with all these. I don't know why I got so many. Definitely not necessary. My children stopped by later in the day because I still wasn't good to drive. They tried a few of the uh, disgusting bean boozle, jelly beans. And then they uh, worked under the assumption that the jelly beans were the reason I was puking. And I just kind of went ahead and let them believe that. And I'm I'm going to be good with them believing that for all time. It was just those darn disgusting jelly beans that led Dad to keep puking hours later. Thanks to everybody who uh, checked in during our uh, holiday extravaganza. Appreciated uh, Jeremy Kahn coming in, David Dubois. And uh, we just had a really good time, despite the fact that I wanted to die. And it'll be another year before you see me consume alcohol again. (sighs) Today's show brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department. Great to have them in here for our holiday show as well. Of course, uh, you're still thinking about it. A lot of times you get to the end of the year and you get a little bit of time off maybe and you start reflecting on where you are in your life and the direction that you're headed and all of those things. And if you are finding yourself sort of in a spot where... You know, maybe you're not thrilled with what you're doing. You're not thrilling with where your career is taking you. You're not thrilled with the people that you work with. You just maybe, you want a new purpose. You want a new calling. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. You also maybe um are looking around and maybe you got your kid home for break right now and you're realizing that maybe college isn't the thing for them cadets in the baltimore county police department started over thirty thousand dollars a year officers at over sixty thousand dollars a year very competitive salaries ten thousand dollars signing bonuses available with the baltimore county police department join baltimorecountypd.com is the website for you to find out more and if i can pass the test if i can if i can change and you can change we all can change Use a real another Rocky movie this holiday season. What the hell is going? Why we gotta wait till next year? That doesn't make me happy, but such is life. Uh, coming up on the program today, not much. I don't. I don't really know what uh, what was going on. It's the holidays. I'll blame that. Uh, I, I figured it out. What the Lizard King? Yes, it's Sammy Watkins. Why
1: in 2018 he tweeted uh, that when he signed with the Chiefs, he uh-huh. was like, I think he called himself the Liver King. Or the liver king. The lizard king.
0: Okay. I don't get it at so, all, but okay, uh, fair enough. So that's who he um, is. Yeah, it's the, the holidays. We're struggling. We'll lock it up the rest of the week. That's my promise. Uh, our regular Tuesday stuff uh, with Joe Serbico, Patrick Stevens, and um, and maybe, maybe something else. Uh, that'll be a conversation we'll have later um we'll also do uh, uh simply the bets today uh, on, uh, as well we are doing a short week this week tuesday through thursday we'll be off on friday and then back to a normal schedule starting next monday well at least for a couple of weeks and i'm going to disney world and i gotta be honest with you i still don't know what the schedule is going to be while i'm there uh for a minute i was like well maybe the the ravens won't make the playoffs again this year and it won't really be all that much of a concern well the ravens obviously are in the playoffs again this year uh by virtue of their win and some other results this weekend so we will have to see what the plan is as yes my the family clark is doing a disney world adventure and i don't get to schedule that because i can't afford it so the people that are paying for it they got to be the ones that got to schedule the uh the trip to disney world that is the deal um some thoughts it's my headphones. I just realized what that was. Why are the head? Why is the headphone box all the way down by you? What happened there? What are, what are we doing there? Got a lot of questions. Got a lot of questions. You leave for a day or two, and all of a sudden, everything's changed. Um, a couple of thoughts. So, John Harbaugh offers no update on Lamar Jackson yesterday. That's to be expected, no matter what the scenario is. I I try to do some digging into. Um, the decision that was made to flex this, this game this week. I, I I know I don't speak on behalf of everyone, but I don't care for the decision. Plain and simple. It's, I don't like primetime games. They do nothing for me. Um, I know a lot of you get amped up for them. I know the players sometimes are excited about them. I can tell you that they're not. They, I mean, they, like they lie about that. They would rather every game be at one o'clock. They just get used to it. It's, it's sort of like, uh, it, I used to talk about this all the time, it's like a racehorse. Like, you have your, the way that you prepare for a race, and you just get comfortable with that. And football players are comfortable with playing games at 1 o'clock. They like the routine of playing games at 1 o'clock. If you're going to play in prime time, you'd rather do it at home than away because you don't have to sit around in a hotel all day getting boy, just waiting for a game to start. But they would prefer, that's it's why it's so insane how many of these idiot Steelers people, like these... Like People that aren't really reporters, but somewhere between that and fans, were trying to make it seem like Patrick Queen was throwing shade at the Steelers by tweeting what he did the other day, which wasn't the case whatsoever. Patrick Queen was voicing exactly what many players feel, which is they don't want to play primetime games. They they would just prefer. If they could get a schedule and every game was at 1 o'clock every week, they'd be very happy with that. Now, once they know they're going to play in primetime, of course, they try to get up for it, and they try to act excited, and, you know, the the country is watching, and the whole deal, like, they're not going to try, you know, it's not like they're not going to try to play well because the game's in primetime, but plain and simple, players prefer playing at 1 o'clock, and that was what Patrick Queen was putting out there. Secondarily, one of the things that I did dig into a little bit was that the Ravens were caught by surprise with this. Like, there wasn't much, at least from the sources that I spoke to, there wasn't much from, like, NBC, like, hey, we're thinking about moving the game to primetime next week, so just be aware, like, it's a possibility. The players were kind of caught by surprise, and especially around the holidays, when maybe you have family coming in, and you're trying to coordinate things, not the type of thing that you want as a surprise. I had a few people bring that up to me, like... Um why didn't the NFL try to flex some better games onto Christmas when they realized the games were bad? Look, man, I I get it. We always want to be entertained, and especially when there's only one game on, we prefer it to not be Broncos-Rams because that's poo. But this is Christmas that we're talking about. Like, people make plans. I I would like to think that as much as these are highly compensated people and you know, there's a trade-off that you can be made for some sacrifice. I'd like to think that we would all, as decent human beings, be willing to say, like, hey, maybe we don't ask people who are trying to get together with their families and figure out a way to celebrate the holidays to rip up their schedules a week beforehand. I'd like to think that we would understand that maybe if you tell people, like, hey, you're working on Christmas, so prepare another day for doing your Christmas celebration, you wouldn't change that a week later that maybe there would be a few things that we would leave as untouchable. We don't flex Thanksgiving, for example. Once you announce what the Thanksgiving games are, those are the Thanksgiving games. Even though the Lions get to play every year, and most years they've stunk. The Ravens were caught at least a bit by surprise. Surprise. Which then led me to the secondary thought that a lot of people had when we saw this announcement, which was, does NBC know that Lamar Jackson's playing? Because if they don't, this is a pretty nondescript game to choose for a national broadcast. Easy to say that the game of the week is Packers-Vikings, right? Like, that's the game that you would want. CBS doesn't get Packers-Vikings matchups much. I was told by someone who I I trust that, yes, they protected that. Those aren't teams they get regularly. They're two NFC teams matching up against each other. They protected Packers-Vikings. So once Packers-Vikings was protected, the list of games that became available was not great. The game of the week is the Monday night game, finally, because most Monday night games have stunk this season. For the first time, ESPN's waiting all year. They finally get a good Monday night football game. Bill's Bengals. So the top two games of the week are off the table. One's a Monday night game, can't be flexed. The other one was protected by CBS. So what are you left with as your choices? And that's essentially what this kind of turned into. In fact, um, someone I spoke to thought for a while that they might not even flex a game, they might just leave Chargers-Rams, that even though it's not terribly appealing, the Chargers are good, Baker Mayfield's story is at least interesting, and it's the second biggest market in the country. They decided to go Ravens, steelers They found a game that Technically appears to have meaning for both teams. Although, don't the Steelers need somebody else to win beforehand on Sunday to avoid being eliminated? Don't doesn't somebody have to like lose in order to keep them alive? I'm trying to remember the story. I know I saw the. Hang on a second. Steelers playoff scenarios. Uh, playoff scenarios. It would definitely help. You know, Miami not winning.
1: Um, New England losing.
0: Well, they, losing. No, but I, I'm. It's not about whether I, I'm. Pretty sure there's a scenario where they can be eliminated before the game. So, hang on a second. With two weeks remaining, first Steelers must win their final game. In addition to that, the Dolphins must lose out or lose once and tie once. So, the Dolphins would need to lose to the. Is it the Patriots? Yeah, they're playing the Patriots on Sunday. Correct. So if the Dolphins beat the Patriots, which by the way is even cloudier now with the Tua Lois situation, if the Dolphins beat the Patriots and the game isn't meaningful to the Steelers any longer, however, this dumb Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season thing still seems to resonate with somebody and so might be enough to say, yeah, but they'll still play inspired football. I still, if I'm NBC, I don't want any part of Raven Steelers unless I know Lamar Jackson's playing. Putting Tyler Huntley versus Kenny Pickett out into a national audience is... I'd rather have Justin Herbert and Baker Mayfield. I mean, 10 times out of 10. Quarterbacks drive ratings. I... The Cowboys still drive ratings. I I don't like acknowledging that because it's infuriating, but the Cowboys still drive ratings. Outside of that, quarterbacks drive ratings. And Baker Mayfield versus Justin Herbert is about a billion times more appealing than Tyler Huntley versus Kenny Pickett. I have no reason to have knowledge That NBC knows something about Lamar Jackson. Obviously, it would make sense what was supposed to be a one- to three-week injury. Well, we're sitting at three weeks now. It would make all the sense in the world for this to be the week for the Ravens, and based on some of the reporting we've seen, like as weird as Ian Rappaport's reporting was, and it was weird. Like it was bizarre what Ian Rappaport reported on Sunday morning. I still haven't wrapped my head around it the idea that the ravens if the bengal's beat the patriots might just decide they don't need lamar jackson out there and he almost doubled down on it in a hit on nfl network yesterday where he was like well you know it'll be interesting to see like now that the ravens have clinched their playoff spot did do they put him back out there like they're just giving up any hope of winning the division it's bizarre And it's very difficult to find the line between whether he's getting that from someone or whether it's just his own conjecture because of the weird way that it's worded. But the idea that the Ravens would have made a decision on Lamar Jackson that would be different if the Bengals had lost the Patriots, again, the one scenario that would open up is a scenario where the Ravens could have actually clinched the division this week. If the Bengals had lost the Patriots, the Ravens would be able to beat the Steelers, and if the Bengals lose the Bills, which is a reasonable scenario, the Ravens actually could have clinched the division this week. But, you know, they still have a game against the Bengals where they can go win the division. So it's it's almost inconceivable to me that we're having a conversation about this. I get the conversation about whether the Titans and the Jaguars play their players. These games are irrelevant. Their playoff fate will be determined by a matchup against each other in week 18. The games they play this week don't matter. So there's a strong argument that if you're the Titans, maybe you sit Derrick Henry this week. Don't run the risk of him getting hurt. If you're the Jaguars, maybe you sit Trevor Lawrence this week. Because nothing good can happen in this game. Only bad can come from it. But if you're the Ravens, you still have something very significant to play for, which is a home playoff game. Why in the bloody hell would you be thinking about just resting Lamar Jackson? That's insane. If he can play. And that's the center of all of this. We have no idea. We don't know if Lamar Jackson can possibly play football this week. The part of Ian Rappaport's reporting that made some sense was the part where he said, look, he hasn't done football stuff yet. Well, that's relevant. If they don't know yet if Lamar Jackson can cut, and the debate is, well, we could put him out there, but his mobility would be next to nothing because we're not sure yet if he can cut, or we don't play him again, there's a real conversation to be had. Not just by the Ravens, but by Lamar himself. He's definitely a better thrower of the football than Tyler Huntley is. So you can make the argument that you want him out there because he's a better thrower of the football. But if his mobility is limited, aren't you asking for disaster? I I, I think we... It's not just that we overthink this. We drastically overthink this. We start doing the bit where we say things like, well, is it even better for the Ravens if they win the division? If they're the three seed, then they'd have to face the, you start doing the math in your head, do I really want them to face the Chargers in the first round? Wouldn't I rather them be the five seed and face the Jaguars? It's a very six and one, half a dozen in the other conversation. I don't know. I'd rather be at home. I'd rather go try to win the division and get a home game. That's what I would do. And if the quarterback is healthy enough to play, I play the quarterback. If he's not, if Lamar Jackson's not healthy enough to do football-related activities, then no, you don't play him. I don't know why we make this so difficult. I don't know why we add so many layers to it. And if the Ravens are thinking that way, if the Ravens are dismissing the opportunity to win the division, if there's any thought process in anyone's mind over there, along the lines of, well, we "Oh, Lamar's good. He could play," but you know we're already in the playoffs. Why don't we just rest him up? That's insane. I mean, like that's nuts. It's not just backwards. It's pure applesauce. Utter nonsense. The idea that you would have so much hubris that we would have just the same chances going on the road as we would have at home, so the hell with trying to win the division. We're not going to bother doing that. The idea that maybe it might not be a good idea to like make sure that you shake off some of the rest by having Lamar play before the playoffs. Winning the division matters. Giving up on that. I I got nothing. I got nothing. Just sacrificing that. And I, I just, I refuse to believe the Ravens think that way. Refuse to believe. I don't, I get it. I don't think Ian Rappaport is just making things up. I understand that, like, he is well-connected. But it's. I, I just, I'm I going to choose to personally refuse to believe that the Baltimore Ravens are just bailing on the idea of winning the division. That that's just not of interest to them. Because if that is a thought process, then we do. We have to start questioning every layer of, of leadership. Playing at home matters. It's nuts. It's a nuts thought process. I don't really have a whole lot more. We'll we'll do um we are going to do pats in the ass. We haven't been able to do it. I get it. The game was about a hundred days ago, and it was one of the least exciting games that we've ever seen. So we'll do a very quick version of that. We'll also go over picks from this week. Today's show also brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com/slash/offers. So you know we are getting to the point where sports betting has been around now for over a month in the state of Maryland, and at some point these betting companies, they're going to pack up and they're going to go somewhere else and focus their attention there. So if you have not taken advantage of all of these tremendous sign-up incentives that are available to you, you're going to end up running out of time. Go to pressboxonline.com slash offers. Take advantage of great offers like $100 in free bets from Barstool after you place your first $10 bet or up to $1,500 in risk-free bets from Caesars. Times limited to get the best offers from all of the sports books. Go to pressboxonline.com slash offers and sign up today. We'll do a um, picks recap and pats on the ass next. Glenn Clark Radio. Looking for a simple holiday meal? Try Chick-fil-A Catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary.
2: See Restaurant for details
0: United States citizen possess a valid driver's license and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent the Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer
3: make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4 available in hybrid or gas only models a RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today it's the perfect time to sign the young
0: basketball fan in your life up for a membership in the Retriever Kids Club. It includes free youth admission to all regular season UMBC home games, plus a T-shirt and a drawstring backpack. Membership is only $35. It makes a great gift. Visit UMBCRetrievers.com kidsclub kids club for more info. Membership is available for kids 12 and under in the Retriever Kids Club. Again, UMBCRetrievers.com kidsclub kids
2: club. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our annual best-of issue. On the cover, we recognize Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman as our 2022 MoGaba Sportsperson of the Year, and he sits down with us to discuss how his arrival in Baltimore was simultaneous with the birds' turnaround. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of the year throughout the local sports scene. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition
0: tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours
3: today join Glenn at halftime of every Ravens game for the project game day halftime show at facebook.com slash pressbox sports we apologize in advance there's not much we can do about his face All right, back in here on GCR as
0: we continue on a Tuesday edition of the program today's show also brought to you by this one's brought to you by the Tyus Bowser program one more Tyus Bowser show left For 2020, or the 20, it's actually going to happen in 2023. For the 2022 season, it'll be next Tuesday, January 3rd. One week from the night, we will be at Guilford Hall Brewery, 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North. Hope you'll come join us for the final Tyus Bowser show of the year next Tuesday night at Guilford Hall Brewery. We will see you there for the Tyus Bowser show. It's brought to you by. Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. It's a partnership of Great Eights Memorabilia and PressBox. Find out more, pressboxonline.com slash bowser. All right. Um, I don't want to, but we'll do Picks Recap here. A lot going on. Maybe I shouldn't make picks while I'm drunk. That might be a, a good place to start. Uh, picks Recap brought to you, or just you know, maybe a reminder here, as we were talking a minute ago about uh, sports betting and Getting signed up. Look, gambling can be a lot of fun, but you should set a limit. And you need to stay within it. And reminder that if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, you should call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. So, yeah, yeah, we had a little side bet this week, and we'll, we'll address that in a second. Um, Thursday night, things started well for your boy for everybody but KZ and Andrew Stecka, by the way, it'll be a common theme this week for Andrew Stetka. Uh Jacksonville wins outright, handles their business on the road in New York, 19 to 3. Everybody but Steka and KZ had the Jaguars. Jeremy Kahn had the Jets. Um, relevant. Or, yes, right. But, uh, so Jeremy Kahn and uh, Carson were also in this mm-hmm, week. They were. So, uh Jeremy, Jeremy had the Jets, and who did... Carson had the Jags. So, JC yes. and Carson. Do we just tell you how they did? Or? Uh, no, no, no. We'll, we'll, we'll go, go by, along. pick by pick. Okay. That's fine. Um, Kansas City never covers big numbers, except when they do. By the way, this was the perfect... Kansas City scores just 24 points against the Seahawks. Everything worked out that this should be a day. Boy, did we really buy into the Seahawks thing no, way man. too much earlier in the season. There is... It is exactly what it probably should have been with Geno Smith as their quarterback. Kind of funny that... Like when when Pro Bowl quarterbacks get announced, like that Geno Smith gets to be a Pro Bowler when the reality is They haven't Se- covered they've been covered in the last seven weeks. Yeah, so Seattle's gonna course. have to be in the market for a quarterback again this off season. It was a it was a neat story for a couple of weeks, but it is what it is. Only John Proctor and K Z were in on Seattle or were, were in on Kansas City of our crew, which is remarkable. What about uh, uh, Jeremy had the Chiefs. Okay. And then Carson had the Seahawks. Okay, so they both have one point through two games. Uh, Detroit at Carolina. Did not see that coming (laughs) at all. Really on us for starting to believe in the Detroit Lions. They had, what, 600 yards in the first half on the ground? Yeah, Carolina was mauling. Our guy Bradley Bozeman out in front Mm. mauling for the Carolina Panthers. Only Andrew (laughs) Stecka, Lone wolf in it, which is ironic because it was his only (laughs) win of the week. Only Andrew Stecca was in on Carolina. He did have Jeremy Conn on his oh, side. We had Jeremy yeah. with him, so Jeremy uh, Carson got, was a lion. Jeremy's <laughs> got two points now. Uh, Andrew Steka was also a lone wolf on New England and damn near got that one too. Uh, Car- Cincinnati blows a twenty-two nothing lead, but just holds on. Controversial uh, fumble on Ramondre Stevenson was his forward progress stop. They didn't whistle it dead, so the ball comes out. Cincinnati survives. New England, which. I- it was such an awkward thing. Uh, my buddy Spencer Schultz from Baltimore Beatdown was tweeting that like he was at the game, and he was disappointed that there wasn't like a celebration for the fact that the Ravens had clinched a playoff spot. And I was like, it was unquestionably the worst outcome of the game for the Ravens. Like, the far better outcome is the outcome where the Bengals lose, and you have the opportunity next week to potentially clinch the division before Week 18. And it's not even unreasonable that you could clinch the division before week 18 again the scenario of you beating the Steelers at home and the Bengals potentially losing to the Bills is one that a lot of people could see playing out I'm I'm not sure like I'm actually at the point where I probably am buying into the Bengals beating the Bills next week but it's not unreasonable at all to think that that could have played out that way so it's a it's a weird bit where like yes, it did officially clinch a playoff spot for the Ravens, but it was also unquestionably the worst outcome of the game for the Ravens. Ultimately, Andrew Stecca was the only of us that was on New England. Anybody else? That uh, was Jeremy the- Connell was on the Patriots. Today. Jeremy Cahn. Carson had the, the Patriots. so they both have two points now through four games. On to the Giants and Vikings. Yes, Griffin and Paul Valley both were on the Giants, who do get a cover. That hook comes back to bite us in oh the yeah. ass. Three and a half was the line, and the Vikings won by three on a what 61-yard field goal at yeah. the buzzer. So uh, uh, that, uh, that does not quantify a cover. Griffin and Paul Valley both get that point. Jeremy and Carson both on the Vikings. Both on the Vikings. So, wow, through five games, they both only have two points. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> so do I Uh, Washington San Francisco Um, I did not expect it to turn into the blowout that it turned into obviously there's controversy now with Washington still not being eliminated do they who do they play at quarterback next week I don't think either is a good option I know Ron Rivera is partial to Carson Wentz so I think they're gonna end up playing Carson Wentz I don't really care whatsoever the Commanders lose thirty-seven to twenty in that one. Only Paul Valley and Andrew Stecka were on Washington's of well our as crew. Both
1: Jeremy Khan and Carson.
0: They have. They both have two points through six games. Through six games. Feeling good, huh? I, I mean, I know the results, so no. it's not. I don't really feel that good. <laughs> Philadelphia, Dallas. Mm, this one, I'm. I'm bitter about. Yeah. Obviously, Philly up thirty-four twenty-seven late, and even. Even at 37-34, they get the ball back. You're thinking to yourself, we're good. We're good. It's cover city, baby. No, it's not. (laughs) Dallas adds another late field goal. Dallas gets the cover. Paul Valley, John Proctor, KZ all get that point as they win 40-34. Jeremy and Carson both make some ground up. Both both had the Cowboys. Oof. Oof. That one costly, very costly, the events of the last couple of minutes of that game. However, your boy tried telling you, <laughs> Green Bay, Miami, tried telling you. Not only does Green Bay cover, they went outright, 26-20 in Miami. Clearly the story of that now, the, the the Dolphins just want Tua Tungavailoa to die, I guess. Man. to totally Man. worth it to Tua Tungavailoa to try to risk his life to play football for a franchise that was trying to get rid of him just a couple of months ago. That's a, it's terrifying, man, really terrifying. Um, also brings into question the independent observer of football games. Like on, We've all seen the play now. Some sleuth on the internet figured it out. We've all seen the play. Dude's head slams into the ground. Slams into the ground. What is the point of having an independent observer... If they don't see that, they're they brutal. I mean, brutal all the way around. Brutal from the Dolphins, brutal brutal from the NFL, a brutal situation for Tua tunga And this is where takes start flying, right? Like, this is where you start hearing people say, he shouldn't play for the Dolphins any longer. He should say, I'm not going to do this. If your priority isn't protecting me, I'm not going to play for you. I mean, I, it's, a, it's not that simple. It, it's just not. You get even stronger takes. You get people who are like, dude, if you're suffering this many concussions in a short amount of time, no. you might want to think about retiring. Like, you might want to think about not playing football. I mean, it's what someone does for a living. Like, imagine telling someone in their early 20s, mid-20s, that's a football player, just walk away. And I get some guys have chosen to. Like, It's happened. But it's a very difficult thing to do. It's terrifying, though, man. It's a terrifying thing, what's going on with the Dolphins and Tua Tungavailoa. And it definitely, like, this is the real issue. Mike McDaniel had otherwise come off as, like, this really likable guy, this kind of genuine players coach. But you can't really separate this from him either. And whether that's fair or unfair, I don't know. I can totally believe that Mike McDaniel is involved in a lot of things and might not have seen just how hard Tua Tungavailoa's head slammed into the ground just because he's thinking about, okay, what are we doing next? Like you're involved in so much as a coach, but at some point you can't shake it. Like you're the coach of a team that doesn't appear to be protecting its players. That's kind of who you are. Like that's, sort of your reputation at this point of, of who you are as a person, who you are as a coach. So, I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not trying to say that he should be fired. I'm not, I just think it's going to impact the way that we discuss Mike McDaniel. Obviously, it's also impactful that they've completely fallen apart here over the last month of the season, which none of us saw coming. Nobody saw the Dolphins going 0 for December and going from a team that, you know, was we were talking about as a Super Bowl threat to now being a team that, like, isn't a guarantee to make the postseason if they don't have Tua Tunga-Vailoa play. That's the scenario we're just talking about with the Steelers. It's um, it's wild, man. Wild. But I was the only one on the Packers. Jeremy was on the Packers. Jeremy was joining me on but the not Packers. Carson. Not Carson. Not Carson. Not Carson. Yeah. So... It brings us to the Ravens and the Falcons. Vegas is unbelievable, aren't they? <laughs> the Ravens, for some reason, decided to chase points early in the game. Given their history in this department, I think most of us would, would say it probably wasn't that wise. Why are you chasing points? Why are you doing that? Because they got to cover. Duh. Because they have to cover. If the Ravens just do what they probably should have done, kick the extra point, 16-9 is the final (laughs) score. And the Falcons cover. You missed your cover because the Ravens semi-insanely decided to go for two. I didn't miss my cover. I didn't miss my cover. Oh, yeah, yeah. You didn't miss your cover. (laughs) This is why betting is stupid. This is a reminder it's not stupid. It's fun if, you're, if you do it the right way. If you actually are invested or you genuinely believe that you know something about what you're doing, please remember, you don't know jack s about what you're doing. This was decided by an insane decision to go for, in a wildly unnecessary decision to go for two. Late in the game... You could understand maybe going for two in certain situations. There was no need at all for the Ravens to go for two. It was borderline bonkers. (laughs) And yet, they went for it, they got it, and they got themselves a shiny cover because of it. Uh, Point for Griffin, point for John Proctor point for Ken Zalitz. It's also the reason why John Proctor is in first place now. Mm. Literally the reason is because the Ravens decided that they were going to go for two when they absolutely had no reason to.
1: Jeremy and Carson get the point as well.
0: Ha! Well, that's relevant. <laughs> Jeremy, that's his fifth point. And so Jeremy is safe. Carson needed that point. Because it moved him into a tie with your boy at four and five. Now we didn't have the worst week of anybody this week. Kyle Ottenheimer went three and six, but unfortunately, Kyle Otten- unfortunately Kyle Ottenheimer perished some time ago, and isn't involved in any of our competitions any longer. Andrew Stecko went one and eight, and probably would be smart enough even if he lived here to avoid side bets because he's not good at this. So unfortunately, they're results irrelevant paul valley also went four and five not involved in the side bet so everyone who had a bad week pick the right week as they're not involved in the side bet but myself and carson tri-weekly although i guess maybe not tri-weekly this week i thought he'd be here today i don't know what's going on the hell is he even doing back there um carson and i we are the co-losers so if you remember our side bet this week was going to be the mayonnaise bath and I'm, st- you know, I'm still planning on doing the mayonnaise bath. I guess Casey's coming in on Thursday. Is that the, yes. the story? Yeah, yeah. KZ will be so here. So somehow we'll figure out a way. That, like our, we, what we figured we'd do is try to turn a camera out the window yeah. and see if that would work and do or, it right outside yeah. there. Unless
1: we want to get a kiddie pool, bring it in here. I. That's yeah. a lot
0: of risk involved with that. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Okay. I think we might still want to get a kiddie pool for doing it outside. Okay. Although I, we got to figure out if this is an option. Carson said something about yeah, Where the hell Car- is Carson? Could really use him here right now to try to go through this. Or is maybe he is this his way of just Itch. getting is like he he, he run off to Florida yet. or something. Like decided to go back to Ole Miss. Like he's never coming back again because he's worried about the uh the the mayonnaise thing. We gotta figure out a way because I do think it's gonna be I'm still apprehensive about our ability to do it as part of the show. Right. I I I want to because like the content is better as part of the show than it is doing it on our own, but I'm just apprehensive about this. Like, even if we do it in the kiddie pool, I, do we have, do we have like a hose anywhere nearby that we could use to clean out the kiddie pool? Like, That'll I, be, I'm just not sure I'll how not, this. Not works. about the kiddie
1: pool. I guess cleaning yourself off.
0: Well, that. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll wear a poncho or something. Like, no, no, like what? No, that, dude, stop. I don't want. Th- like, we we can't. For God's sakes, I'll still let it get in my hair, and I'll deal with that. But, like, you know, I'm not going to ruin clothes. Well, no, you weren't going for for to wear clothes. Bed. Oh, that's the idea <laughs> yeah. of this? I didn't, I didn't realize. I, like, again, at home, I could just put on the Speedo, and we'd be good. <laughs> um, I, Yeah, I'm just not sure how functionally we do this. I was going to offer the idea... And I would not want to be the person that did it. So it would only be if Carson wanted to and we'd have to run it by everybody else in the in the crew. I was going to offer the idea that maybe one of us could instead I don't know if everybody remembers the famous Mike Golick Jr. dipping Oreos into mayonnaise at the mayonnaise bowl last year that created literally an international incident. I mean there was there were think pieces written about why this was why the rest of the world hates America. And I don't blame them, frankly, because it's one of the grossest things ever. So I thought about maybe the idea that like one of us takes the mayo bath, and the other one could instead like eat six Oreos covered in mayonnaise or something like that. We can run it by the group and see how the group feels about it. If we just want to stick to the mayonnaise bath and both you know Carson and I have to take our we have to take our bath together, then so be it. Again, I just we gotta think through the functionality right. of how we can do this on Thursday because I don't think it's going to be as practical as we would hope it to be in order to pull it off. So we just gotta think through that a little bit. But I'm look, I'm willing to do it. I lost. I'm I'm absolutely willing. It just might end up having to be me sitting in a speedo in my shower at home taking a man's bath. <laughs> my kids be very excited about. My God. If I told them that they got to dump mayonnaise on my head, they would <laughs> wild out, man. They would be so excited about that. Um, John Proctor ended up being the winner for the week, again, because of the stupid two-point conversion thing. He goes six and three for the week, so I don't know. I would say congratulations, but I, I wouldn't mean it. That would be a lie. I don't, I'm don't. i not congratulatory whatsoever towards John Proctor. Um <laughs> Sorry, there's a story that I'm going to tell at some point that somebody just t- t- texted me about. Um, John Proctor goes six and three, so that means he now moves ahead of me because I went four and five, and so I go from one game in front to one game behind at the top of the table, where there is drama. Proctor's back to 500 for the season at 73 and 73. I'm 72 and 74, one game back. Then there's a bit of separation. Griffin, Paul Valley, Kenzalis, all five games back. Kyle Ottenheimer, seven games back, and the Vice Worm. But as I pointed out, Andrew Steka went one and eight. One and eight. Now, I just went one and eight a few weeks ago, but I could survive that. <laughs> I'm one game back at the top of the table. Man. Andrew Stecka, one and eight from the Worm position. He is now nine games behind Vice Worm. There are only two nine game weeks
1: left in picks. He's thirty two games under five hundred. So
0: I didn't even look at the math. 57? He need to go thirty two and zero to get to five hundred. Well, they're not thirty two games left to pick. <laughs> they got to do the math. There's eighteen of the next two weeks, and then there's what six during the first playoff weekend. Yeah. Um. And then. And then, then Four plus the championship game in college football, so that's eleven. So he, Fourteen. He, 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 he there can are go undefeated. There are. Probably have a chance. I believe there's a. You're right. You're right. I think there's exactly <laughs> 32 games left. I think you're right. There's exactly 32 <laughs> games remaining. Holy hell. Um, yeah, it's bad. Of course, the uh, the loser in the Andrew Steck is going to have to fly across the country to consume a worm burger. Dress up like Dennis Rodman and uh, also perform the worm Scotty Tuhati style and take a stink face from whoever he drops the worm on. Uh, That's what's at stake. At the top table, a little bit of cash. That's what we're playing for in our picks contest. Now we move to Pats on the Ass. Pats on the Ass brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Ginsugrills.com is the website. You use the code TAILGATE and you will save $100 when you order your Ginsu Kamado Grill course the ravens are at home again this sunday at sunday night games so you got days worth of tailgating to do stop by the game day firehouse before the game sample the cooking from the ginsu kamado grill register to win your own and five hundred dollars worth of grilling meats the game day firehouse 1202 ridgely street just west of the stadium at firefighters union hall we'll see you on sunday register to win your ginsu kamado grill all right um uh, this is not a good week for Pats. I, I tried. And also, there's two things going on here. I should have done Pats immediately after the game was over because there's definitely things that I have forgotten about in the three days since the game was played. On me, I acknowledge that. I should have immediately written down my list as soon as I was sitting down to do the post-game show over on 1057 The Fan. Um, I'm not even going to fight with anybody this week. Honest to God. I'm not going to fight with anybody. I, I, if, you, if you put... I'm trying to think of somebody absurd. If you put... Who, who that who The Lizard it? King. Yeah, the lizard king. Fine. I mean, I think the guy put him at number one. That's nuts. But whatever. I'm not even it's not even worth it today. It's a weird week for doing pats. The only reason I wanted to do pats still was because I'm gonna have at the end of the season Griffin go back over and comb through our lists and see who was most frequently on Pats, And although Griffin's list is stupid because he just put the quarterback no matter what. because He's not on the list this week. The, yeah, boy, I mean, uh, finally, yeah. finally progress. Well, finally. He hasn't been it good. took 16 weeks the to quor- finally the, make progress. The quarterback has not been good. I'm aware of that. <laughs> but it took 16 weeks for us to figure out that Steelers you don't game. just put the quarterback on the list or not on the list. Well, based Steelers on game, I
1: didn't put the quarterback
0: all on the right, list. There we got yeah. that going for us, which is nice. Um. So again, I'm not even gonna debate with anybody. My number five, J.K. Dobbins. I know it wasn't an explosive day for him, but he still ran for five yards per clip. And the story of the day was the Ravens were able to run the ball and play defense. So, you know, he qualifies. He's my number five.
1: I had a uh, Kyle Hamilton as my number five. I thought he had. I thought a he had yeah, I thought he had. A, I mean, he didn't obviously didn't stuff the stat sheet at all, but mm-hmm. I felt like he was. He he makes a significant difference. You notice when he's on the field and not on the field, and uh, when because was yeah he got hurt for like a couple of plays, and then he came back out there um and i think you know he's always in he's always in the middle of it maybe not always making the tackle not always you know forcing a mm-hmm. turnover whatever, oh, he's, he's he's had a really good of stretch place. of weeks yeah. there's no yeah, doubt. I, I, yeah he's really and over, ironically it the around.
0: one week of the ravens defense that d- hasn't played well in the last 2 months was the week that he didn't play yeah. against jacksonville like just Kind of an interesting, not to say that like he is the Ravens' defense. It's just sort of weird the way that that worked. Marcus Peters out. He's stepping up, but yeah, yeah. No, no doubt. I mean, it also shows you how they feel about their other cornerbacks. Right. Uh, my number four is Mark Andrews. It was nice to f- sort of finally see him kind of get involved again. I'm not trying to oversell it. Um There is still not nearly a connection between Tyler Huntley and Mark Andrews. There is, and I, I think Mark Andrews has kind of been head scratching in all this. It seems like he's been almost frustrated by the Tyler Huntley thing and he's kind of checked out a time or two but nice to see him make a couple plays get back involved Mark Andrews is my number four gotcha. my number four I had Morgan Moses is my number four I, uh you know what the offensive line look great I, honest to God it was I, and I mean this it was so difficult for me to pick which offensive line yeah. to put on the list and that's probably a mistake on my part because I was, yeah I, was, I, I know PFF has been very high on Morgan Moses yeah. I don't by much in the pff any longer after right I, i've sort of talked about I was, that
1: i was between him and stanley because they ran i feel like they ran to the left a lot more mm-hmm. and uh but but moses was he set, set up the block for gus edwards the 40-yard run no question there, he's been so, playing really well no uh, question. i think he was most consistent all day so no moses question. my number four
0: um i i you know roquan was my number three it was tough to leave patrick queen off the list this week because he played really well i don't know which one of them played better it's very difficult for me to try to quantify it but i just went with roquan he's my number 3 hmm.
1: interesting i thought you'd have him higher i had uh, Gus as my number 3 i, I mean i 10 yards almost 10 yards a carry i felt like he could have kept going 10 yards a carry for the, another like 12 quarters like he, he Gus, I thought Gus looked great he was running downhill
0: uh yes he, running he did that's why that's why he's number 1 on my list oh. he was the the player of the day to me i mean it was his, the story of the day was him to me marlon humphrey is my number 2 because he made the biggest play of the day so Roquan 3, Humphrey 2, and Gus 1.
1: Uh, Humphrey, my number
0: 2, and then Roquan, I had as my number it's fine. 1. fine. He was a monster. Mean, he was, yeah. was, of course. He's he's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, like, he's a monster, no doubt about it. Continue to get me yours at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. I'm not going to bother too much with it again because we are four days removed from the game, and, you know, it was a particularly boring game. So I don't really have a whole lot more that I have any interest in saying. What did I learn from the game? Not a whole lot. I did write a column about John Harbaugh yesterday at PressBoxOnline.com if you haven't seen it. Try to go through and provide some context. And yes, a lot of this is in, of, of what I chose to write, is, is with the subtext of those of you that have just decided, I don't care, I want John Harbaugh fired. Which is bonkers to me. And I've said this over and over again. I, I'm with you that the organization needs to have a reckoning when it comes to what they do offensively. But John Harbaugh getting a 10th playoff appearance in 15 years. It's column's day old, so I'll give away some of it. The context for that is unbelievable. There are 19 coaches in NFL history that have made 10 playoff appearances. That alone is, is rarefied air. Like, only that part of it. Because the group is everyone you would think. The greatest coaches in football history, Bill Belichick, Tom Landry, Andy Reid, Don Shula, Joe Gibbs, Chuck Knoll. You get the point. Greatest coaches of all time, 19 of them. Let me give you two other numbers about what John Harbaugh's done as a head coach. And by reaching the playoffs for a 10th time in 15 years, that means he's reached the playoffs with a 66.7% clip. Of all of those coaches, those 19 coaches, that have reached the playoffs 10 times in their careers, the only coaches that did so at a better rate than 66.7% of the time, Belichick, Reed, Mike Holmgren, Tony Dungy. You're really zeroing in. One other number that stood out to me as I was sort of diving into the math on this, John Harbaugh did it all with one team. Of course, Andy Reid obviously had done it with two teams. The only coaches to have ever made 10 playoff appearances with one team and reached the playoffs at a 66.7% clip are Bill Belichick, Bill Cower and John Harbaugh. That's the list. Now, you can try to poo-poo it however you want to do it. And plenty of you, I didn't even mean, that wasn't supposed to be a silly nursery rhyme, by the way. Um, and plenty of you will. Once upon a time, John Harbaugh only won because of the presence of Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. Obviously, you have brainlessly continued to try to throw out there that they've only won two playoff games since the Super Bowl or they've only won one playoff game since 2015 or whatever number you want to use to try to justify your opinion. It's context-free. It includes no conversation about how they got to that point, whether they would have won more playoff games had there not been certain injuries in certain seasons. It includes no conversation whatsoever about why that's the case you just don't like John Harbaugh so you have cherry-picked one number that you use to try to justify your feelings about it of course you know that I don't operate that way there's always going to be nuance I think John Harbaugh's attempted explanation of why they abandoned the run in the fourth quarter was embarrassing. I thought it was pathetic. I thought it was awful. I'll be critical of John Harbaugh when it's warranted. But to ignore the accomplishments of John Harbaugh or to pretend like they don't count because they don't fit your narrative is insane. There is a standard that has existed under John Harbaugh that whether you like him or not, you can't dismiss. And the best argument that can be made for why the Ravens would at some point move on from John Harbaugh would be, well, maybe somebody else could do it too. You don't have to love John Harbaugh. You don't have to think that he's God's gift of football. But the stupidity with which we try to ignore what he's accomplished as a head coach, which, by the way, has now transcended every player. This is the until this year, there was one player who had been a part of every playoff team that John Harbaugh had had in Baltimore. It was Sam Cook. By him retiring, this now means that he's transcended everything. He's transcended general managers. He's transcended coordinators. He's transcended every player. No one else has been in the same role the entirety of the 10 playoff appearances in 15 years under John Harbaugh. It's remarkable. And I get it. It's not going to change your opinion. If you're just somebody like Ken Zalas, for whatever reason, you just decided that you don't like John Harbaugh because reasons, then it doesn't matter to you. And I can't win you over, and I don't care. But I'm going to call you out. You're stupid. And I love Ken, but I'll tell Ken right now. And I've told him a million times. This thing, this vendetta against John Harbaugh is dumb. You don't know anything. I, too, think I'd like to see the Ravens win more in the postseason. I'd love that. I'm glad that the people that constantly want to run out successful coaches aren't the people that run the businesses that impact my family. It's staggering to me the way we talk about this, the way you try to fire successful people at their jobs. And John Harbaugh is historically successful at his job. Read about it, pressboxonline.com. Hour number one of today's show in the books was also brought to you by. This one's going to be brought to you by Chick Fil A. The Baltimore area Chick Fil A restaurants. Maybe New Year's Eve plan on a get together? Need that simple holiday meal? Try Chick Fil A catering from Chick Fil A nuggets to mac and cheese. Enjoy a variety of tray options, sized perfectly for your get together. Order through the Chick Fil A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. We come back in. We will preview Waiver Wire Wednesday for one final time this season. Joe Serpico from Press Box is next. Glen Clark Radio.
4: Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit and stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution, and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs.
3: Tailgate. That's GinsuGrills.com. Reserve yours today. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out BuyAtoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Looking for some excitement in the new year?
0: Laurel Park has plenty of live horse racing events to spice things up this January. The much anticipated winter meet kicks off on January 1st, plus we've got special. M- MLK Holiday Racing on Monday, January 16th, and the Winter Carnival Stakes on Saturday, January 21st. Winter may be cold, but the racing at Laurel Park is hot. Learn more about upcoming January events by visiting laurelpark.com.
5: Another Oriole season is in the books, and the bat around was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off-season, discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com/pressboxonline and facebook.com/pressboxsports, or listen live at pressboxonline.com/radio. And if you miss a show, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. So tune into the Bat round with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon, right here. Here at
0: Pressbox Sports. It's the perfect time to sign the young basketball fan in your life up for a membership in the Retriever Kids Club. It includes free youth admission to all regular season UMBC home games, plus a t-shirt and a drawstring backpack. Membership is only $35. It makes a great gift. Visit UMBC Retrievers.com Kids Club for more info. Membership is available for kids 12 and under in the Retriever Kids
3: Club. Again, UMBC Retrievers.com Kids Club. If you can't listen or watch live, you can subscribe to the show via Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Or, if lying isn't your thing, we'll take a -a three-and-a-half-star review, too. All right,
0: back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Tuesday edition of the program. Short week for us this week. If you have not picked up the new print issue of PressBox yet, you need to do it immediately. This is, take nothing away from the other issues that we put out during the course of the year, which we're very proud of. This is always the most significant one for us. It is our annual best-of issue you see on the cover. Our Mo Sports Sportsperson of the Year, he is Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman. Obviously a transformative player, a transformative season, and was very deserving of being our Mo Sports Sportsperson of the Year. Um, Luke Jackson and I had a lengthy sit-down with Adley Rutschman about his first season in Baltimore. You can find that inside this print issue, but also inside we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2022 within the Baltimore sports scene. If you've never read through a Best Of issue, don't know how we do it, or you've never checked out pressboxonline.com slash of, which is where you can find it, it really sort of transcends the entire local sports landscape. As you can see, it sort of leads off Obviously, it was a very important year of Maryland lacrosse, maybe the greatest team of all time. So there's a lot of focus inside about Maryland lacrosse, a kind of double truck in there about that. But then it's all over the place. Like, we do our best to cover almost anything, high school, collegiate athletes at every level, things that happen, you know, within the community. Noel Acton uh, being named the NHL's Willie O'Ree Community Hero Award winner. Um, some of the stuff that obviously you remember. There's just stuff all over the place inside our Best Of issue. And, again, you can go get it right now. Your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box, you can read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. Again, PressBoxOnline.com slash best of is my suggestion. Really encourage you to go pick up this print issue of PressBox right now. It is one we are very, very proud of, um, in particular. Very proud of it every year, but this one I thought really came out well. Uh, You know what? I'm just going to share one with you because it's one of my favorites. It's the type of story that we include. I think you guys know the relationship that I have with Stevenson University. I work for them as their play-by-play voice. Uh, We recognize best feel-good moment this season. In the box score, it was recorded as three goals allowed and three saves and 16 minutes and 54 seconds worth of playing time in a blowout win. But it was significantly more than that. Stevenson lacrosse goalie Henry Jones, Calvert Hall alum, made his college debut on April 20th, exactly two years to the day that his mother had passed away. Jones said it created a new way for him to reflect on the date. Quote, for the rest of my life, I'm going to remember this night instead of that day. Unquote. That's the type of story that we try to find for you that maybe you missed throughout the course of the year. On top of, obviously, the things that you'll remember, which are scattered throughout our best-of issue. Again, the best-of issue of PressBox, available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms. Those hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox, and read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. No idea what's going on with Joe Serpico. Um so it is. Maybe maybe he got eliminated from all of his leagues, so he thought that we just sort of canceled it. I'm definitely not playing for any championships. Um, also, the thin week, if you reach your championship, I would like to hope that you're not any longer going to the waiver wire to try to pick guys up, but if you want, you can go to pressboxonline.com. Some suggestions that Joe did make for you this week there. Gardner Minshew, obviously against a really good Dallas defense, he put up numbers, so with Gardner Minshew slated to play again this week for the Eagles, Joe Serpico thinks that it's a reasonable pickup if you want to go that route, especially if you reached your final as a Jalen Hurts owner. Although if you did that, I don't know why you wouldn't have already picked up Gardner Minshew, but hey, man, I don't know how you live. I can't answer those things. However it is that you got to the final, you got to the – it's really funny whenever we get to the final. I like in, in one of my leagues, I just happen to look at the teams that made the final, and I'm like, they're not that great. They're not, like, loaded at every position. I don't understand why they were so much better than my team. I I have no idea. I think they got the benefit in in one league, and perhaps it was the two teams that got the bye that made the championship, so clearly it was the rest, I think, that helped them the most in getting to the championship. I don't know how to explain it. Um, One other suggestion that I liked from Joe Serpico this week was the Jaguars' defense as they play the, the Texans. The only thing I would say about that is that the Texans uh, power rankings are up today at PressBoxOnline.com. I don't know how to explain what the Texans are doing because the games that they're playing, the Texans are so irrelevant that their games are happening buried <laughs> so that nobody in the country is seeing them. So these last three weeks where they damn near, near beat the Cowboys, damn near beat the Chiefs, and then beat the Titans, albeit a Titans team of playing with Malik Willis, I, I I, think something might be happening with the Texans. Like I think there might be something occurring. But I have no effing clue what it is, none, because I haven't been able to watch even a second of any of these football games. Because why would anybody be watching a Houston Texans football game in December when they had won one game all season coming into it? So I have no clue what's going on with the Texans. That's the only thing. Like, all year long, it was the easiest thing to do was to pick up the defense that was playing against the Texans and play them as your defense. And with the Jaguars defense having played well, makes all the sense in the world. But I don't know. Are the Texans figuring something out? No. I mean, No. they explain what's happened the last three weeks. I don't know. People are overlooking them, I guess. No, that's not it. You have no idea. You're just saying something now. You have no clue what's happened with the Texans. And so you're also being dismissive of it. But something is happening with the Texans. I don't know what it is. I don't know if they've just gotten lucky bounces of the ball every week for three weeks. I have no idea because lord knows why would i even be looking at the box scores of texans games (laughs) nobody's really it's not even like the highlights get all that much run it's the texans but for three weeks must be chris moore i guess if you say so (laughs) but you have no clue no yeah yeah you're talking (laughs) out of your ass (laughs) instead of acknowledging yeah you got a point none of us know we have no idea what's happening in houston and maybe there's an argument that you shouldn't be playing the team that's playing against the texans right Mm. now because They've figured something out at the moment. I'm not. I, just, I have no idea what to make of it.
1: Two more moves I liked is uh if so since the Titans and the Jags have nothing to play you, for you, you know, this week. You know. Oh, okay. So you go for Hassan Haskins, who because, is because, because Derrick Henry Derek might, Derek might not play.
0: Is he definitely the backup? Or don't uh, they yes. Have, don't yeah, they have somebody because, else? Well, too? Hilliard's
1: hurt. Um. Yeah. The uh, the only ones that I see on their roster are Hassan Haskins and Julius Chestnut. Uh, isn't he from Baltimore, Julius Chestnut? Is he? I think he is. Julius Chestnut. I think Chestnuts. he is
0: a Baltimore native, if I remember correctly.
1: Uh, or, or uh, Michael Hasty, who is Travis Etienne's uh, backup. So yeah. They not, so they might. I mean, Etienne. I will mean, play, here's the problem. But if I'm
0: playing for a championship, yeah. and that's where I am. Like th- <laughs> these to me are moves that would make sense, like earlier in the season or when you were dealing with bye weeks or something like that. But if I'm playing for a championship, I am not putting my championship hopes into Hassan Haskins in an irrelevant game. Like, there's no chance. There's got to be a better option for me than that. Which Spalding, does Spalding Grad, Chestnut yeah, That's what I thought. I thought he was a local kid. I thought that was the case. Um, like, I'm not saying that he might not have a big game. It's possible. But to put my championship hopes, like, to say, well, it all comes down to this there's $500 at stake. Let's go, Jamichael Hasty. Like, I'm just not going to do that. He's done it before. I'm H- not Hastie's saying not he game. hasn't done it before. I'm not going to choose for that to be what I put my championship behind.
1: Maybe more. Maybe it's more of you don't want to lose to Michael Hasty. Pick him up so whoever uh, you're
0: playing against. Fine. I I, I can't imagine that the a guy. Of, a lot of third
1: place games on uh, this week too. So
0: there is that. There is the scenario where maybe third place in your league gets you your money back, or perhaps you're in your toilet bowl and you're trying to avoid a mm-hmm. particularly heinous punishment. I'm in three leagues and only one has a Hannah's punishment, but I made the playoffs in that league, so I don't have to worry about that. Um, but like, if you're you know going to have to take a mayonnaise bath in a Speedo or something like that, then yeah, you might need to be picking up Hassan Haskins or Jermichael Hasty this week to avoid losing in your toilet bowl, for example. But if that's where you are, I have no idea how you got to the championship to begin with. Makes no sense whatsoever. The, the person playing my championship in my league, they started Cam Akers and Leonard Fournette last week. Bro, I am so mad he's about it. I was all in on Cam Akers before the season. Like he was in every one of my leagues. Had to outright release him a couple places. And all I could think to myself is like, why wouldn't like what what was going on? <laughs> like if this is what he's doing, what what was the story there? He wanted to leave. Was that? I thought he wanted to leave because they were there was they were something. They weren't using
1: him, right? And then Daryl Henderson got hurt.
0: No, they were they were basically forced to go back to him. But essentially, yeah. he was abandoned, despite the fact that he was great a year ago. Like worked his ass off to come back at the end of the year to help them out in winning the Super Bowl, and was yet like abandoned by the Rams. And yet, you know, you see this. I've got a lot of questions about it. I go back to I wasn't wrong. It was the right strategy for me to be in on Cam Akers before the season began. This is Sean McVay's fault. They might have to fire him. That might be the case. Whatsoever. Nathaniel Hackett obviously did get fired. And that's, I mean, the most obvious thing that anybody could ever do. The problems there are so much more significant than this. I saw a group of like, I'm trying to remember who it was. It was Will Compton maybe. Somebody, somebody was like very offended by the idea that like the Broncos job isn't desirable. I'm like, yo! What in the world? Hang on a second. Let me pull this up. Uh, I'm trying. To, it was a former player. Yeah, I saw it too. I'm trying to. Remember. Uh, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. hang on, hang on. I tweeted about it. Now I can't find my own tweet. Uh, All right, I have no. Oh, okay, Will Blackman. That's ah. who it was. So I don't know wh- what what who is Will Blackman. He We're was. I know he played race. for. a while. No, that was Justin Blackman. Justin. <laughs> Will Blackman, I want to say, was a safety or a line? I want to say he was a defensive player. Yes. Um, yes. What, who, re, safety and return specialist for the Jag, okay. Jaguars. And he's you know carved a little place on Twitter for himself. So he retweeted something. Source, quote, I think the Broncos' job is the worst one that will be open. I can see coaches preferring to go to Houston over Denver, unquote. Which makes all the sense in the world. To which Will Blackman retweeted and said, the Broncos' head coaching job is definitely appealing. I don't know what this source is talking about. I'm like, I-, I guess it's appealing in that like, it's better than not having a head coaching job in the NFL. Like, I'd rather be the coach of the Broncos than the coach at Lycoming. But the point is well taken. If you have the choice between the Broncos and any other job where you're not inheriting a disastrous, poisonous quarterback situation... I think you'd prefer to have that job. Sean Payton will be in in significant demand. Do you think there's any chance in hell that Sean Payton would be interested in being the Broncos coach? No. Why? Unless he's got some romantic feeling about Russell Wilson, like, I can fix this, which would be an amount of hubris that would be absurd you would want to be somewhere where you either A, know you have a quarterback, or B, you get to help choose who the quarterback will be. Entering someone else's poisonous quarterback situation, I can't say with certainty that Russell Wilson can't be fixed. I am no, I am not an expert on the subject. Maybe someone could fix Russell Wilson, but it will require an amazing amount of hubris to choose that over going somewhere else.
1: Maybe just maybe Sean Payton just loves coaching someone. I mean, we saw that movie. He loves coaching.
0: What does that it's to do with another anything? another project. That he would want to do the job. He, he could, he would, he could he have any job, any job that becomes available. Sean Payton could have. So I guess Arizona, would that be like the top? I mean, Arizona would be better. You don't think it's poisonous, but I absolutely think that Sean Payton would probably prefer being somewhere where he gets to draft a quarterback where he's getting an early pick and he gets to draft the quarterback I'm trying to look at what the draft order would be draft I order. guess Houston um they 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 have probably are not going to give up the number one pick and almost certainly are not going to keep lovey Smith around so yes, I think Houston would be very desirable because you get to hand pick your quarterback you get to solve this problem yourself in what's thought to be an outstanding class of quarterbacks. So if I'm Sean Payton, 100%, I'd rather be in Houston than be in Denver. Whichever of these guys, I get to scout all these guys, I get to do all of my work on this entire group and pick whichever one I think is most desirable. Yes, 1 billion percent I'd rather have that job than a poisonous situation in Denver. Um,
1: Arizona, Indy, both have well, both lined up to have top five picks as well.
0: <sighs> yeah, I mean, like that, you know, it just depends on how deep you think. Like, if you're choosing between Houston and Arizona, it's you got to have strong feelings about Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have strong feelings about Kyler Murray, then maybe you'd rather be in Arizona. If you're worried about Kyler Murray playing Call of Duty and his size and those things, then. You'd rather have the number one pick in the draft. That's where you'd rather be. Like, you're tying yourself to a quarterback. Indy, what they're the fifth pick. Yeah. I mean, now you're talking about how deep do you think the quarterback. Well, Seattle's at three right now because Denver. Right. So they need a quarterback, too. But they're probably not going to fire Pete Carroll because he's done a good enough job this year. So the top two quarterbacks off the board, I guess. um, Right. Because Chicago's not going to take a quarterback. So Houston will take a quarterback. Seattle will take a quarterback. And so, yeah. And now that presumes that nobody else trades up for getting a quarterback right so you'd be sitting at five thinking that you can get the third best quarterback so if you feel so strongly about the class that you're like well even if you know the top two guys whichever of these guys you think are the top two guys and it's thought to be a deep quarterback are off the board I'm still comfortable with the third one maybe you like the stability in Indianapolis better than you like the stability in Houston and so you go that route I'm not sure I I don't know, having a number one pick seems pretty desirable to me right now. I, I, I get and Jack Easterby's not involved any longer in Houston, so I, I think you could take the job. Today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Patrick Stevens will join us next. It is Glenn Clark Radio.
2: The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our annual best of issue. On the cover, we recognize Orioles catcher Adelaide Rutschman as our 2022 Mo Gabba Sportsperson of the Year, and he sits down with us to discuss how his arrival in Baltimore was simultaneous with the birds' turnaround. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of the year throughout the local sports scene. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles. Ravens and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com.
0: Looking for some excitement in the new year? Laurel Park has plenty of live horse racing events to spice things up this January. The much-anticipated winter meet kicks off on January 1st, plus we've got special MLK Holiday Racing on Monday, January 16th, and the Winter Carnival Stakes on Saturday, January 21st. Winter may be cold, but the racing at Laurel Park is hot. Learn more about upcoming January
2: events by visiting laurelpark.com.
0: The weather outside is really unpleasant, so it's time to warm up with some comfort classics this winter at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Try the twisted ribs and wings combo. It's two full pounds of meat, the mac and cheese bites, Mr. Richard's meatloaf, the citrus salmon, the winter spinach salad, and for dessert, here's internet radio personality Griffin Bass to tell you about the bourbon butter cake. Oh my god, it's so good. Pair it with a blood orange bourbon cider or a devil's backbone cranberry smash. Place your order now at glorydaysgrill.com at Grill.
2: 100 North Point Boulevard.
0: Looking for a simple holiday meal? Try Chick-fil-A Catering. From Chick-fil-A Nuggets to Mac and Cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant
3: for details. Tune in to Simply the Bets every Tuesday and weekend at Bookie's every other Thursday at 1140 a.m. And if you really have nothing better to do, Keep listening to this show too. Some great offers still available right now at
0: pressboxonline.com/offers. You get $200 in free bets from DraftKings after you place your first $5 bet, or $1,000 in risk-free bets from BetMGM. Again, time's limited, so get to pressboxonline.com/offers to take advantage of those. It is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio on Tuesdays throughout uh, college sports season. We'd like to catch up with our friend. See him at the Washington Post, at Discourse on Twitter, D1S Course. He is Mr. Patrick Stevens, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Patrick, happy holidays, my friend. I hope you had a good Christmas. Appreciate it as always, sir.
7: And I hope you enjoyed your holiday as well.
0: Before we get to from this week, and I know you saw some crazy things this week, um, mm-hmm. I, I wanted to talk briefly just, you know, we talked uh, about Kenny Amatololo a couple weeks ago. What did you make of Navy's decision to stick it out and go with Brian Newberry as the head coach moving forward?
7: Well, that's a known quantity at Navy and he's obviously done a very good job as a defensive coordinator. So, uh at the very least, you're not going to have a uh, a stretch of sort of uh, you know, trying to trying to learn the academy. There's not going to be a learning curve there. So, that's on on the one front, you know, it's it's kind of a continuity hire and it it also Uh, even more directly basically says uh, that that Navy feels like the offense is and has been the problem uh, here over the last few years. So I think the big question now is who ends up, uh, who ends up on on the offensive staff. And, you know, there's only so many, there's only so many option coaches out there, right? Like there's only so many coordinators that that run the option. It seems pretty obvious that they're going to stick with that uh, in some form or fashion. So, uh i'll be curious to see exactly how that shakes out if there's and i'm i'm not sitting here suggesting there should be some sort of staff overhaul but let's let's suppose there isn't a massive overhaul on the offensive staff then you're going to sit there and wonder you know was it was this really all that worthwhile to do yeah uh so i uh, i think that that that's sort of the the real thing to figure out is how are you going to fix the offense because that is clearly uh, what led to the coaching change
0: in the first place? I think that's true. I think that's true. All right. So, the um, heck of a day at Coppin last week. Uh, <laughs> what time did you leave the Coppin State Physical Education Complex on a day where the game was scheduled to tip off at eleven a.m.?
7: About three thirty. Wow. In the afternoon. Wow. That's. Uh... Um. That was uh, that was unexpected. Um. I, I would tell you that it wasn't it wasn't bad basketball, but it was bewildering basketball <laughs> um it It was one of the strangest experiences I've ever had at a game um getting there about ten forty or so uh walking in and the place is packed, which I'd never seen there before. It basically had turned it into field trip day, so there's three thousand kids there. And they had moved the game time. The original announced game time was 7 o'clock. They moved it to 11 a.m. And I quickly learned that the officials aren't there. And so they scrambled to create an entirely new officiating crew that didn't show up. Well, two of the three guys were there by about 11.45 or so. The third guy joined in the middle of the first half. Uh, it felt, the, the kids there were screaming and yelling and, and cheering every basket by both teams uh, and Coppin gets out to a big lead. They were they were up 16 at halftime. Uh, Mike Hood hit a three at the buzzer uh, to get them there. They got the lead out to, to as many as 17 in the second half. They were still up by about 15 or so when you know, Nenda Tart cramped up. Uh, they're still up seven with 40 seconds to go. They blow that lead in 30 seconds. And then a James Madison player loses track of the score and fouls Coppin with 10 seconds to go. Coppin misses two free throws. Madison misses two shots down at the other end. They wind up going double overtime. Uh, a 107-100 game that, that was just off the, off the charts strange. Uh, the ki- by the way, that game ended with about 100 people in the building because all the kids had to right. go home. Yeah, to, you make know, the to go back bus. to school to yeah, go right. home. Right. So it, it, was, it was just completely baffling as to exactly what was going on there. There were the officials had two under eight timeouts in the second half for some strange sure. reason I still don't understand. It was, just, it was just one extra thing there, you know? Like Everything about it was, was just ridiculous. And I'm thinking to myself, I went to see Coppin two days later over at Georgia Mason. Well, what sort of fresh ridiculous do you have you know, ready for me today? And they give up three-pointers on their first three possessions and they lose by 43. Uh, and so it was like, oh, it's the exact opposite of what I saw a couple days ago. So, Coppin State, uh weird things happen when you when you go to watch basketball games at Coppin State. Let it, me,
0: it's it's uncanny. let me try to bring it to a, a a basketball conversation. Um that was their only win in their last 5 games. Uh that game that you saw that ended up with a mm-hmm. double overtime win. And that's it, a good James Madison team they beat, too. So so is this is what we've seen of late mate can we chalk it up to even though it's not maybe the old the Fang Mitchell way of scheduling, it's still a difficult way to go about playing a first two months of the season, and it's maybe catching up with them because they look very promising to start the season. Is it possible that this is not, you know, like it's not worth maybe panicking about Coppin that once they settle into MIAC play, they probably can be back to being pretty competitive?
7: I, I think they can be competitive, but the the real problem, you know, you're sitting there asking about, uh, you know, are they worn down or whatever. I mean, I just don't think they're a good defensive team. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it yeah. really is as simple as, I mean, they were down, they were down, what, 55 to UMBC at one point and gave up 109 points in that game. They gave up 95 to Maryland, 92 to NC State, 84 to East Carolina, 83 to GW, 100 in double overtime, James Madison's actually a decent defensive showing relative to this, 91 and a loss to George Mason. I mean, that's the that's the problem for them. Offensively, uh, you know, when you've got Sam Sesums, uh, and, and by the way, on, on Wednesday they, they looked very much like a team, or on Friday I should say, in that Mason game, they looked like a team that had played a double overtime game, just a little more than 48 hours mm-hmm. I earlier. Mean, the shots were just short of the rim and stuff like that. But you've got Sam Sesums, you've gotten them to Tark. Got some other guys that are capable of having really, really strong games. Whether it's a Mike Hood or a Justin Spears, who were both great in that uh, in that game against James Madison, uh, you've got options there. Now, now Justin Winston's hurt, and I think that's an issue too for them. He's missed the last four games, uh, four or five games or so, and th- they have not been the same team without him as at least something of an interior option. Uh, he's undersized against a lot of the teams we just talked about, but but that is something, you know, he's got a foot injury that, that has really cost them. But overall, when you look at their profile, like right, offensively, they're pretty interesting. They, they they get to the bucket pretty well. Uh, they're a decent three-point shooting team. They're a reasonably efficient offensive team, but defensively, they're just not any good at all, and they're not a good rebounding team in large part because of the size issues we just kind of mentioned. So I think they'll be better in Miac play, but I do think defensively that is something that, that might keep them from being able to be as good as they think they can be um, by the time all is said and done.
0: Patrick Stevens is with us here on GCR. Uh, we knew Maryland was going to have to do something without Julian Reese in the lineup, but I don't think that it was expected that they were also going to have Don Carey out of the, lo- the starting lineup. And this look with Ian Martinez starting and obviously Patrick Emilian as well What have you? What do you make of that? The decision, and what do you expect to see moving forward, starting Thursday against UMBC?
8: Well, I thought it was
7: an interest. uh, There's a certain logic to it, as Kevin Willard laid out after the game, where you know, without flat out saying it was, it was exclusively about offense. The thought was was that having Don Carey on the floor with uh, with a Jahari Long coming off the bench. would be a little bit more offensive punch than having Martinez and Long out there when they go to kind of their backups for a, a spell here or there. I have a feeling that when all is said and done, that we're going to see Don Carey play more minutes than Ian Martinez does, that they basically had an even split of that position the other night. I mean, you look at it, it's exactly 40 minutes of action and Martinez was just under 21 minutes and Carey was just over 19 minutes. Um, but I feel like that's probably... Uh, a spot that that they'll split fairly evenly the rest of the way, uh, probably lean a little bit towards Carey uh, if if he can get the three point shot going. So you know, I thought that was a, an interesting decision and certainly a well considered decision. I don't know what we're going to see of Maryland over the long haul doing that. Um, you know, I, I think ultimately, uh, the, the math there is probably pretty pretty similar to what we've already seen, which is. You know, they've only got seven, maybe eight guys that they completely trust uh, to be able to play in a, in a significant manner. So I don't know if we're gonna to read too much into into what they what they're doing in a blowout against St. Peter's, but it is an interesting thought that they that they went that route. And Patrick Emelian, to, to kinda of touch on the, the front court situation, played pretty well in that game against St. Peter's with ten points and four boards. And while he's not uh, while he's not a, a hulking presence uh, he does kind of understand what he what he needs to go do. So, uh, when when you look at at, at how that sort of sorts out, you know, for now anyway, before you're playing Michigan, before you're playing Rutgers, he's certainly a, a capable sub for Julian Reese here. Non-conference play conclusion.
0: Yeah, it would be a little bit uh, uh, nerving. I would imagine if he had to go up against Hunter Dickinson on Sunday. I don't. It, it, it was. Would...
7: It would not be I, I yeah. don't think that would be ideal, <laughs> yeah. and that and that's no that's no disrespect to him. I, I suspect that that uh, that even he knows that that's probably not an ideal matchup.
0: So let's talk about what's ahead for Maryland, and before we get into because I you know before the next time you and I talk, they will get back into Big Ten play as we point out at Michigan on Sunday. But you and I talked about this a little bit last week. On Thursday, they get a UMBC team that is scoring lots of points and is going to be well-rested. And is there a world in which, you know, especially if they're without Julian Reese, this could end up being kind of interesting on Thursday nights.
7: You know, the last time you asked me, is there a world where UMBC can win? I believe that was going into the 2008 NCAA tournament.
0: Huh.
9: <laughs>
7: and... <laughs> and I, I feel like I said something then about making three pointers and, yeah. and, and whatnot. And I feel like that's the same deal, you know. Like I mean, it, it really is. Like if they can knock down some threes, and heavens knows they're a good three-point shooting team, uh, that's that's going to be a, a a possibility. Now, UMBC is not a good three-point defense team, right? So if you're Mar- if you're Maryland, this is an opportunity for you uh, to maybe get yourself on track from the perimeter you know the other day they were 8 to 21 from 3 and and a lot of that came in the second half they were 5 and 9 in the second half 3 12 in the first half uh but that that I think is is going to be the key barometer uh for this game in college park on thursday if if maryland can can knock down some outside shots and maybe this is that chance uh speaking of don Carey a little bit or earlier maybe this is the chance to to get him on track uh because that's something i think that they really would like to see He's only been in double figures twice, and it was both up in Connecticut in that tournament against St. Louis and Miami. So uh, I think that, maybe as much as anything, is something to keep an eye on simply because UMBC has struggled uh, to defend the outside shot. Um,
0: and then as they get in the Big Ten play, and I'm I'm going to apologize because this came from his radio show. Maybe you've heard him talk about it and press availabilities, and maybe it's been something he's been harping on for a while, and I've just missed it, but I, it did catch my eye. Pretty aggressive comments from Kevin Willard about the Big Ten and how they schedule. And um, I'll, I'll read some of them just for folks that aren't aware said, I just don't think this conference gets it from the standpoint of trying to make sure that everyone's on an equal standing, on an equal footing. Like, I think they throw the schedule open. You know, obviously, it's a football conference, and I think they're worried about football. I don't think they understand how to schedule a basketball game. I mean, the Big East and Big Ten are totally different. The Big East is an all-basketball conference. You're never on the road for more than two games. Uh, We'd never have our first five out of seven on the road. You know, the Big East, that's why Villanova has won two national championships and went to three Final Fours. Just because the Big East understood how to take care of their teams. This um, was apparently on his radio show and our friend Jeff Ehrman uh, transcribed it for uh, his website, InsideNDSports.com. What do you make of Kevin Willard kind of aggressively coming out against the Big Ten scheduling?
7: Well, he's not wrong in saying that it's a football conference. Um, and, you know, I bet that if I would worked really hard, and I haven't really tried to do that. Um, I'm just kind of going like, here's an example. I I got one right here. Uh, this is from twenty the 2016-17 season when Seton Hall went to Marquette on January 11th, Providence on January 14th, and Villanova on January 16th. I guarantee you <laughs> huh. that I can find I can find examples of various Big East teams playing three consecutive games on the road. I'm sure I can find examples of a Big East team playing five out of seven conference games on the road, just because of that's how. The schedule worked. I could definitely find them during the pandemic season when everything was herky jerky. Uh, so I, I do think there are are credible issues uh, that you can point to and 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 definitely argue that there could be improvements. At the end of the day, both of those leagues and every other power conference is having its schedule dictated in large part by talent. Right, and so you have to account for that before you get to anything else. I also think that when you look at the a huge difference between the Big East and the Big Ten, the Big East has a few central time zone teams, but I believe it's only Creighton, Marquette, and DePaul, and everybody else is in the eastern time zone. When you start looking at the Big Ten, you've got Minnesota and Iowa and Wisconsin and Northwestern and Illinois and Nebraska, and by the way, the two West Coast teams coming in in a couple of years too. So I do think you have more of that wear and tear where you're switching time zones and you're getting back even later from games and what have you. And I think that there is something to be said uh, for the idea of maybe you could could swing things a little bit differently. Maybe you could have scenarios where you're doing two games on a trip, where if you go play a Thursday-Saturday someplace, go to Nebraska on a Thursday, go to Wisconsin on a Saturday, head home, those sorts of things. I think those are things that you can credibly look at and say this could be done better. Uh, do I agree with Kevin Willard that basketball isn't as much of a priority to the Big Ten as it is, a bit, as the, as it is the Big East? Absolutely. 100% right. in agreement right. on that one. Right. Uh, there, is, there is absolutely no doubt uh, about that. But uh, I do think that you can be a little bit selective on some things. And I think, I think there might have been an illusion in there in, in his comments on his radio show about how they were expected to finish 10th. And maybe those teams are getting the shaft a little bit more than yeah, some other teams yeah, that are yeah, further up the neck that, yeah. you know, so there's probably a little bit of truth to that too, but that is also something that tends to be true in other leagues too, where, you know, you're taking care of, of, of making sure your, your more prominent pro programs have high profile, uh, yeah, that Yeah, that never happened to the SEC,
0: right? Yeah, I mean Gary Williams never comes, complained it all about comes that. Back to TV. Correct, uh, and so. that's obviously true. That's obviously true. It's a difficult thing. I get the complaint about the nine o'clock tip times. I'm not really sure what you do about that. I know the Big East, the Big East switched to 6:30 and 8:30, correct? Yeah,
7: and, that, and and that's because Fox did that. That's right. not because right. The, the league Big decided East did to that. Fox, yeah. Fox basically. Fox basically said we would rather have these games at 6.30 and 8.30 and sometimes they would st- they're stacking up a, a 10.30 Mountain West or Pac-12 game Afterwards, on the back in end of get in. But
0: I mean, imagine so, trying to play more games at 6.30 in College Park in the middle of the week. Like imagine the impact of trying to get people you know, from this area down to College Park in time for a 6.30 tip-off.
7: And, and you can also start pointing to, oh, by the way, this starts to lead to 5.30 local time starts at Nebraska right. and Iowa and right. things like that when the schedule stacks up in a way where, oh, you got stuck with only two central time zone teams playing at home tonight. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, think if you're, I think if you're Merrill, there's certainly some, some, some things that you could nitpick about. And maybe there ought to be something where you avoid having, you know, three nine o'clocks in a row. That said, one of those nine o'clocks is on the Saturday. So, you know, if you want to sit here, and the, the problem with that 9 o'clock, by the way, is that it's a Saturday night in, in uh, Minneapolis. My guess is, looking at that schedule, they play at Minnesota on Saturday and at Michigan State on Tuesday. It's very possible that that team just stays on the road that weekend uh, and just flies straight from Minneapolis to Detroit sure. or to East Lansing and just does it that way. There's ways around these things rather than just simply saying, oh, well, there's three in a row. It's it's something that everybody should should make a big deal out of.
0: All right, let's play the game. Can Patrick Stevens name the MLB teams that this particular player has played for? I've got a pair of pitchers for you this week. First up, Mm -hmm. just a one-time All-Star but a three-time World Series winner, a very well-known name, the four teams for John Lackey.
7: John Lackey was an angel for sure. He
0: most certainly won a World Series with them. He was in Boston, right? He most certainly was. Won a World Series with them.
7: Okay, so he had another World Series someplace. Yes. Huh. huh.
0: Was he in St. Louis? He was in St. Louis, but ironically did not win a World Series with them. Despite okay. spending two seasons there.
7: Okay. So one more spot for John Lackey, and he won a World Series Yes, in that spot.
0: huh? I'm kind of surprised you don't know this. This, is, this was the first one that I got, frankly.
7: Oh, wow. Okay. Um, was, was
0: he a Cub there? That's the one he was in, uh, with the Cubs okay. in 2016. Well done. Man, I should have gotten a tougher one then for the second name, but I had already decided ahead of time, so I'll just go with Cliff Lee. Four teams for Cliff Lee is our second name.
7: Cliff Lee was in Cleveland. Yes, I guess
0: this is tough because they it, were all short appearances at the end of his career. Was was it four teams it not, or five teams? It was four teams, and he it, he went back to the one of them. So it's not all. It's okay. actually sort well, of in the middle of his career where he had these short appearances. Yeah. yeah.
7: Well, 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 well. I'll go ahead and give you Philadelphia. Yep. Because he was there, right? Yep. And and he went to Texas,
0: right? He at did the go end? to Texas. He actually split the two. Th- so the, and he? Yep. Go ahead. And he
7: had a Seattle in there, he too. He did as
0: well, yes. Four for four in Cliff Lee. Now, my, so,
7: qu- my question was, is, had he debuted with Montreal? Because he went over oh, to Cleveland. Oh,
0: I forgot about that. That's right. He was in that deal. No, he never pitched for the Expos. He never
7: pitched for the Expos. No, he okay. he did
0: come up through their organization. Um, but he was, and he was famously, and that was a significant deal, obviously, for Bartolo Colon.
7: Yeah, the Bartol- Bartol- Bartolo Colon deal.
0: Yes, but he never actually pitched for the Expos. Otherwise, n- you know well done i mean i'll give you i'll give you a five for four on that one if you'd like i'll give you a little extra credit um i want to have you run down the week because i know it's a busy week with teams getting back in action i imagine maybe a, a pretty big game in catonsville on sunday on the docket it's...
7: yeah gonna catch quite a quite a bit here over the next five or six days or so uh the 29th on thursday maryland and umbc also going to try to catch howard and LaSalle in the afternoon and then loyola Opens Patriot League play on Friday night against Colgate at seven o'clock at Reitz Arena. Uh, on Saturday, New Year's Eve, uh, Kyle Charleston knocking on the door of the the national rankings uh, heads to Towson uh, for the Tigers' CAA opener. Towson, you know, hoping to get Jason Gibson back yeah. from injury after they've kind of sputtered of late. Uh, and then New Year's uh, New Year's Day, Vermont in town to play UNBC. Uh, we'll catch Butler in Georgetown. Uh, that evening, and then Navy and Holy Cross uh, on the second uh, on, on that afternoon. You have an alternate option if you want to drive to DC. Loyola plays at American that afternoon.
0: How about how about Loyola playing a home game on a Friday night, a conference home game on a Friday? Reminds me of a, a past time where there were a lot of those back in the day. Yes, I
7: like yes. Guys. And 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 now and now Mount Saint Mary's has all that's those right. Friday, that's right. Games. Those Mac so Fridays, lots night. of lots of Mac Fridays.
0: No doubt about it. At Discourse, d ones course on Twitter is how you follow him. Happy New Year, my friend. Appreciate you. We'll talk to you next Tuesday, all right? It's... Awesome, Glenn. You take care. Thanks, buddy. Patrick Stevens with us here on GCR. Yeah, big game on Sunday, UMBC Vermont. And now, of course, with the Ravens, this is, by the way, best news of the year for UMBC. <laughs> like, maybe some of you might not have been thrilled about the news of the Ravens being flexed great news for the folks at umbc they could not have asked for better news when it comes to the uh, ravens being flexed because now it's an awesome chance it's kind of that awkward thing that i wasn't talking about when we were advertising the umbc vermont game i was sort of just like not dealing with it now i don't have to worry about it one o'clock sunday afternoon absolutely the place to be will be at the the peak at chesapeake employers insurance arena to check out a rematch of last year's America East Championship game. Of course, you remember a few years ago, famously, UMBC, in order to get to the place where they could beat Virginia, they had to win an incredible thriller up at Vermont in the America East Championship game with a buzzer-beating three from Jairus Lyles just to get there in order to make history These two teams have had a lot of big matchups over the years. UMBC Vermont, 1 o'clock this Sunday. You go right from there to your tailgating afterwards. Get ready for a big game. What an awesome way to spend a Sunday. UMBC Basketball, get your tickets, umbcretrievers.com. It was very uncomfortable doing this read for the last couple weeks knowing (laughs) that the game was scheduled for the exact same time as a Ravens-Steelers game, and I was like, oh. And I, I'm going to do the read, and I'm going to talk because it, it is a big game. It's very genuine, but like it was a very difficult thing. Now, could not be better. Also, more good news: the weather appears as though it's going to be quite pleasant for It'll Sunday be warm. night. Warm, yeah, in the up into the 50s on Sunday. Oh my Sunday. gosh! Um, maybe at game time, more like 45. But considering what we've been through for the last four days, I feel like 45 is going to feel like about 70. It felt good today. on Sunday night. Uh, yeah, it did. In comparison, it did. <laughs> What a hell it has been for the last couple of days. Thoughts with anyone who has been attempting to travel the last couple of days. What a nightmare that has been. Also, how in the world do the Buffalo Bills not have an indoor facility for their players to park in?
1: So that we can see those cool videos. Like, I get that it's
0: not like a normal thing. Like, most teams don't have indoor facilities for parking. But, like, you live in Buffalo. Buffalo. My God. There's like a 40% likelihood of that being the case. From Thanksgiving on, what in the world? Get a, a a small garage, something for your players to park their cars, man. That is a nightmare. What are you doing? Oh, I mean, yes, it was wild seeing it, but I, I, all I could think about, Ravens players do not park in an indoor facility. And, of course, there is a chance that there's going to be a blizzard in December or January in Baltimore, but still, by comparison – Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo. What are you doing? Put a canopy over it or something. Anything. <laughs> Go rent. Like, I, by the way, I am pretty sure they get weather forecasts. You think the organization couldn't have, like, you know, talked to a local business that was probably closed for the holidays and said something like, "Hey, uh, could we maybe have the players park here?" For the weekend and then we'll come back and pick up the cut co- like what are you doing <laughs> this is insane you want players to choose to come to buffalo right like you you think that video helps a guy that's thinking about free agency <laughs> like yeah they're good they've got a quarterback but like not sure i really want to park my tesla or whatever it is that you're driving out in the middle of the cold for Ten feet of snow to fall upon
1: it. Well, you, maybe it helps because then you buy a cheaper car
0: that you don't, you ah, know, maybe, you don't care about. Maybe. So but again, you're trying to convince them players save money. to stop. No. <laughs> it's a bad argument. <laughs> a really bad argument. We'll give. We'll pay you, and you won't even have to spend I, that money. I couldn't believe as I'm watching it. I'm really like, thinking to myself, did they not like see the forecast? Did they not think to themselves, like, this could be a problem? Maybe we try to get ahead of it. I... This is, I don't know if it's a Virgo thing, but it's, it's absolutely a thing. You should see me in the days leading up to when we do Tyus Bowser shows. Like, I am anal about this stuff. I'm like, and where are they parking? <laughs> and do we, do we know exactly? Have we talked to Tyus about when Justin Houston is going to arrive and making sure that we know? Like, I am, I'm like, you know, by the way, because somebody's well, got to. Yeah. Somebody's got to think like that. So, like, the, the vibe that I'm feeling watching that video yesterday. Like, I am getting the chills. Why does no one care? Why? is there? You have a giant... My God, what do you think the Buffalo Bills are worth? They're probably worth... If if you're selling the Suns for a couple billion dollars, they're an NFL franchise. I don't know. Maybe the NBA. I, I don't know how to include the fact yeah. that the Suns also have a WNBA team and probably a video game team. Like I don't. I don't know how to figure it out, but I'm going to guess they're worth at least a billion dollars. At least... A billion-dollar organization, and nobody thought to themselves, guys, there's a pretty big snowstorm coming in. Maybe uh, maybe we try to find some alternate plans this week for where the players park their cars. Maybe we look into that a little bit. $3.4 $3.4 billion, 3. 4 billion dollar franchise. $3.4 billion dollar franchise. And not anyone said to themselves, like, can we get in touch with someone who owns a parking garage in the city and maybe try to work out a deal this week? It's Christmas week. I'm going to guess there's a lot of a lot of businesses that are going to be empty that would be fine with us using their parking garage. Maybe we pay them a little bit of money. That's the time I'm telling you the Virgo in me, like that nobody's planning that way, that nobody has that thought process. That there's no in- intuition within the organization of saying this this could be this could be. The far more concerning part is I know that there was somebody in a meeting last week, a lower level employee who was like? Oh, we're supposed to get ten feet of snow. Maybe we should think about like how this could impact our guys. And somebody above them was just like, "Nah, whatever. They'll it's Buffalo. It it's snow. Like they just don't want to deal with it. It's more. It's more work that you're gonna have to do during a holiday week. You have to make some more phone calls. So they were just like, "Nah, I'd rather not. I I I've known quite a bit about that working for big companies over the years, where I've tried to say, let's think about things that could be problems before they become problems." And the people above me have just been like, well, it's not a problem. I'm not going to deal with it. Right. But it's going to be a problem on Monday. Sorry. I just went on. Who cares? (laughs) Who cares? It's the way that my brain works, man. Just the way it goes. All right. Uh, Tidbit will be brought to you today by Glory Days Grill. Maybe you got some friends home for the week that you haven't seen in a while. You're thinking about where to get together. I would encourage you to make it Glory Days Grill. The... The comfort classic menu is still available, including the twisted ribs and wings combo or the meat tornado, as Griffin likes to call it. The mac and cheese bite still available. Mr. Richards' meatloaf, of course, the bourbon butter cake. Oh my God, it's so good! You can go right now to Glory Days Grill or use the uh, website glorydaysgrill.com. Get your order in. Great place to spend the night. Maybe you're thinking about where you want to go watch like the bowl game on Friday, something like that. Glory Days Grill is the best spot for doing it. What you got?
1: Uh, Jalen Waddell, uh, 84-yard touchdown pass on Christmas Day in that Packers-Dolphins game. Longest uh, offensive touchdown in, in on Christmas Day in NFL history. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. I'm
0: not really sure. Like It's not like Thanksgiving, where there's definitely been three games every year. They haven't always played on Christmas in NFL history.
1: Longest offensive touchdown right there, 84 yards. Also, uh, so now, after uh, Saturday's games, two players have started their careers 3-0, with multiple passing touchdowns in uh, in each game since quarterback starts were first tracked in 1950. Who are those two players? Say that one more time. Two players have started their careers 3-0 with multiple passing touchdowns. I assume that means that Brock 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 Purdy is one of them because that's the only thing that makes
0: sense. And then the other one will be... So this means that it must be somebody who's incredible. Mm -hmm. So... Kurt Warner. It is. There it is. Goes. Undrafted free agent. But de- didn't I say that I was getting serious Kurt Warner vibes from Brock Purdy? Yeah. Didn't I say that? Like, literally after his first game and we were having Kurt Warner on the show, I'm like, yo, I'm telling you. <laughs> and then you add in the fact that, like, Brock Purdy was Iowa State and is from Arizona. Kurt Warner's from, went to Northern Iowa and ended up in Arizona. Like, there's a lot of vibes there. Between Kurt Warner and Brock Purdy. Brock man. Purdy uh, Hall of Fame future bets in. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to choose not to do that. Kurt Warner would have loved to have been Mr. Irrelevant by the whole <laughs> He didn't even get that opportunity to be the last pick in the draft. It's unbelievable, the Brock Purdy thing, man. Tidbit was also brought to you today by the Baltimore County Police Department. Again, joinbaltimorecountypd.com is the website. Cadet salaries start at over $30,000. Officer salaries at over $60,000 with a $10,000 signing bonus. They are hiring. joinbaltimorecountypd.com is the website. Tubular brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Ginsugrill.com or Ginsugrills.com is the website. Use the code tailgate. Save $100 when you pre-order your Ginsu Kamado Grill. Here's what's on tap. A uh, day full of bowl games in college football. That is a, a good week if you are at home. You can watch some college football. The Camellia Bowl, Georgia Southern and Buffalo at noon. First Responder Bowl, Memphis and Utah State at 315. Birmingham Bowl, Coastal Carolina and East Carolina at 645. I guess the winner gets to keep all the Carolinas. I don't know how that works. Uh, the guarantee They're not even in the same state, by the way. Coastal Carolina, of course, in South Carolina. East Carolina is in North Carolina. So... I don't know. That's that's of no value to you, but I've just shared it with you anyway. The Guaranteed Rate Bowl out in Phoenix, uh, decent matchup, Wisconsin-Oklahoma State at 10-15, all those games on ESPN, Uh, Nothing much, college basketball, Seton Hall, Marquette's decent, 8 o'clock on FS1. NBC Sports Washington Plus, Capitals Rangers at 7, ESPN Plus and Hulu, Sabres Blue Jackets at 7.30. NBC Sports Washington for Sixers, Wizards at 7, NBA TV, Knicks Mavericks at 8.30. And uh, soccer today on the USA Network, Chelsea and AFC Bournemouth at 12.30, Man U and Nottingham Forest at 3, WWE NXT tonight at 8 on USA. Some non-sports highlights? Very
1: slow night, the only one is The Wheel on NBC, Ah. uh, The Select. Celebrities on this one. No, the celebrities on this one. Carol Baskin. Ah, I do. Why? Terrell Owens. Uh huh. And a package deal.
0: Yeah, and Raven Simone. Sure. From that, so Raven. Sure. You know how annoying it is sometimes when I search Ravens on Twitter and I get a bunch of Raven Simone stuff? People are still like. I don't know. Look, I I know that (laughs) Elon Musk is in nothing to help Twitter, but like trying to fix the algorithms on searches so that if you search Ravens, it doesn't just come (laughs) up with. Raven, Simone, I would appreciate that a great deal. Or, like, if I search the word, for example, bills, that it doesn't come up with any news related to Bill Clinton or Bill Gates or any other famous bill, the bills. would really appreciate if we could maybe work on that. I mean, I know you're busy making it dramatically worse than it was before when it was already bad. We got views now. Everybody was asking for that. They were. Everybody was dying <laughs> to know views on their tweets, just dying to know. Oh, and the other thing I learned this week, and great about the new uh, Twitter... If you go to copy and paste something, it now blacks it out so you can't see what you're copying and pasting. It's, it's awesome. Just another oh, phenomenal
1: yeah, upgrade is. here.
0: I will show you right now because it was, it was unbelievable to me. Hang on a second. So if I tweet uh, copy and paste. So watch this now in my app. So it says copy and paste, right? I want to copy and paste that. So I drag over the part that I want to copy and paste, and that's what happens. Wow. You can't see what it is that you're copying and pasting. So, for example, if you don't want to copy and paste all of your tweet, you only want to copy some of it, you're going to have to guess.
1: Well, you can just trust that.
0: Just a phenomenal upgrade from the new folks <laughs> in charge of Twitter. Your copy
1: and paste worked.
0: But banger of an update from the folks at Twitter. Well damn done. <laughs> just... You can see why this guy gets so much credit for for all of the money he's invested, all of his parents' money that he's invested in companies to then pretend like he's a genius over the years. You can see why it is that people just simp for Elon Musk because, damn, just banger after banger after banger from that dude. Find the rest of Totally Tubular at GlennClarkRadio.com. Actually, there is no more of Totally Tubular because there's just nothing. I didn't get to watch Letterkenny yesterday. Really pissed off about that. I blocked the morning out because we took the day off. So I'm like, awesome, I'll watch Letterkenny. For some reason, they didn't launch until noon.
1: Ooh, I, maybe what
0: the F is that? And I had plans the rest of the day. So instead, I, while I put my... I I hadn't done laundry in like three weeks. I finally did laundry because I had a couple days off. I put my laundry away while watching... Uh, I finally started wa- watching She-Hawk. I'm about four episodes into She-Hawk. That's how I spent my morning instead. Still have a lot more things that I need to dive into in the like next couple of weeks. All right, uh, thanks to everybody at PressBox. All of our great... Oh, uh, two things really quickly. Again, PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Still time for you to take advantage, but they're not going to last forever. And Stand the Fan's going to be off this week uh, for the holiday, so no Stand the Fan shows this week. They will be back next week uh, to get back into the swing of things uh, with two Stand the Fan shows a week at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Thanks today to Patrick Stevens and... We'll get that up in the Greatest Hits section of the tab at Glenclarkradio.com. Kevin Brown is going to join us tomorrow. Of course, Orioles play-by-play voice. He's also calling the Military Bowl tomorrow for ESPN, so we'll have some fun with that. Uh, Anything? True forces. All right, stuff and things. It might be that kind of week, folks. Just might be that kind of week with the holiday. Awesome. Please make sure you tune in to Clark Radio. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, Baltimore County Police Department, Problem Gambling, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, Maryland Jockey Club, Baltimore area Chick-fil-A restaurants, Great Aids memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill, UMBC Athletics, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glen Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday evening. Go nobody in particular. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. We come back in Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. welcome into simply the bets brought to you by the fan bulls yeah blah. Blah, 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 blah. welcome into simply the bets brought to you by the fan bulls sportsbook at live casino in hotel maryland just a minute aaron oster will join us from Mountain vegas then we will head into the FanDuel bulls sportsbook catch up with our friend mr leon twyman see how the week went in the book that is all on the way as um you know, Still lots going on. Big bowl week, of course, Raven Steelers week. Lots going on in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Let's head out to Vegas. Joining us now, he is our friend from the Circus Sportsbook out in Las Vegas. He's Mr. Aaron Oster. What's going on, pal? How are you?
10: I'm doing well. Hope everybody had a uh, good and and hopefully profitable weekend, uh, holiday weekend
0: here. I'll settle for one of those. (laughs) I'll settle for (laughs) it. It was a good weekend. I don't know. Actually, it was a fairly mixed bag for me this week. It wasn't a bad week necessarily, just a couple of things. Like, for example, you got the Ravens last week at minus seven. Yes. I had them at minus seven and a half. And you know what would have, been, uh, would have been really nice is if I had known that they were going to insanely go for two at a point where they didn't need to go for two whatsoever <laughs> and that they were going to get it. Because I might have taken the Ravens at that point. Instead, I took the Falcons at seven and a half. Mm. And I got bit by mm. an unnecessary mm. two-point conversion that proved to be the difference in missing out on a cover. Womp womp. But you got that one as uh, your local play last week. So good on you for that. You also had your loser right, as the Titans not only did not cover, they lost outright to the Texans. Um, You did lose your love, and I always feel like that kind of counts for two, whenever you lose a love bet.
10: Yeah, double overtime bit me.
0: Yeah, not uh, not a good place to be. Although it wasn't uh, it wasn't an under. That of course everybody knows that's a terrible thing to happen in an under bet. It was well, a, of
10: course under, but also also underdogs. Uh, it, it's rough when you go to double overtime with an
0: underdog. That is fair. It it's is tough. not. It is. I believe uh, Van Pelt also says not a friend to the under or the underdog. Better. Um, yeah. Whenever he does bad beats, yes, that is the case. As Providence ended up winning one hundred three ninety eight. Um, it has been pointed out to me. A couple of things. No. Uh, one, you uh, you were an under five-and-a-half wins better for the Panthers back on October 4th. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. 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 Not so Jagger. great. Not so great. Nope. Six and nine now on the year. Also, you told everybody not to bet the Chargers to make the playoffs on uh, November 1st. And uh they're mm. they're in the playoffs. So um Yeah, I I got a feeling a few
10: of those playoff bets aren't gonna yeah, go well once seeming we get
0: to great. Them. Griffin is really trying to um like rub it in by the way, because he does the research on this every week. Yeah. And uh he's trying to make you feel particularly worse. Uh you do you know, you played at one point Cam Akers is comeback player of the year in mid May. I yeah, but a couple of touchdowns on Christmas <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's. Not, I don't think I don't Boy. think that one's gonna hit either, Griffin. I don't think that one's gonna end up being a winner. I think that one's hey, gonna. Griffin's hit. just being Griffin being a yeah, grinch. Yeah, kind man. of being a grinch Shit. on this. Kind of being a grinch. Uh, he had a lot of time when he wasn't booking guests this morning, so he decided that he was gonna go in on you, <laughs> uh, David Montgomery, under eight hundred and twenty-five and a half rushing yards. He's at 7.56 with two games left. So, yeah.
10: Not yeah, that so one. Great. It looked not good early on, and so then he started to come on late. Yeah. But, All, right.
0: Say, All right. All right. never know. Let's make some bets this week. Five L's of sports betting. A local, a long-term, a long shot, a loser, and a lovable bet for the week. Where are we starting locally?
10: Um, you know, I was looking around, I don't particularly love the Ravens game, but quite frankly, it's basically the only local game in town. I I looked at the Maryland bowl game and don't really love the numbers on that one. So look, we're just going to kind of go with all reliable here on uh, Sunday night football betting the under, uh, betting the under the last game between these two teams had 30 points. Only one Steelers game in the past four has gone over 35 and only one Ravens game in the past six. Has gone over thirty-five. Look, I I know it's obvious. I know it's a crazy low number, but these things are happening for a reason. So look, until until it goes the other way, why not just keep uh, following the trend?
0: Um, I I mean I'm with you. <laughs> like I, the only <laughs> the I guess there's some world in which Lamar Jackson returns on Sunday and Lamar Jacksons it up, but short of that, sure. But 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 like if Lamar Jacksons it up, like. That could still be a oh I know run game. run heavy I hear you I completely get it I just that's the only scenario by which I see this being an issue is the scenario why where NBC only picked this game because they have some inside information that Lamar Jackson is going to play and because otherwise my yeah. God the rest of the country tuning in for Tyler Huntley versus Kenny Pickett on Sunday night is and, and, and
10: that to be is fair, a choice I do think that they expect him to play because otherwise. Yes, it is a little bit crazy to flex
0: this game. I, I tried to but... dive, d- dive in on that a little bit this week. It, it also has as much to do with there not being good options. Like, they could not. Well, they, everybody keeps bringing up Packers-Vikings. They, CBS protected Packers-Vikings. They didn't yeah. get the opportunity to try to get Packers-Vikings. And with the Monday night game actually being good this week, unlike every right. other week this season, all of a First sudden time ever, the two good games that you would want for Sunday night football are off the table. And you're left with a bunch of... Like, my understanding, I don't think I said this earlier when we were talking about, it, by the way, I was told by someone who would know that if the Raiders had beaten the Steelers on Saturday night, Raiders 49ers would have been the Sunday night football game but because the that, Raiders... That would have
10: been a funny bit if they flexed out the Raiders uh, the week before only to flex them back in. Uh, but that
0: they would have, been they would have still been alive, right? Like they no, still...
10: no, no, no. I get I get every reason. It's just yeah. you know, That's just kind of where the, we are right now. The problem
0: was with the Raiders losing and being eliminated from the playoffs. There is still, by the way, a scenario where the Steelers are eliminated from the playoffs by the time we get to Sunday night. But that's they're not true. eliminated yet. And so <laughs> it was an opportunity to move a game into to, uh, Sunday night that still had implications for at least at the moment, for both teams. <laughs> However, the Dolphins can ruin that, and there could be no implications for the Steelers come Sunday night. But it really was about like just the lack of better options sure. for the most part that were available. Anyway, the moral of the story being, I agree with you. <laughs> That's what we're getting <laughs> to. Next, let's go long-term, a futures bet that you like this week.
10: You know, I don't do this too often, but I'm going to the NHL for this bet.
0: That is weird. Uh, I
10: think the. It's, it's a little weird, but I think uh, FanDuel has the wrong team favorite in a division race. Uh, in the Central, it does seem like it's going to come down to a two-team race between the Avalanche and the Stars. and I think Avalanche are honestly the wrong favorites, and largely due to their name and the initial money brought in. Uh, Stars are plus 170 right now, and that's just about the best number you can find in any major book. In fact, most uh, books at this point do have the Stars as the favorite. So I do expect this to move soon, and I think you can get in at a good number. So take the Stars to win the, the uh, Central at plus 170.
0: I cannot pretend as though I know anything about this. Why, <laughs> why are we so confident about this?
10: The uh, Stars actually, they were a disappointing team last year, and, and there was kind of initial, specu- or not initial, initial expectations. It kind of repeats that. But, however, they've kind of gone back to what people thought they were going to be at the beginning of last season, a really well-rounded team. And the Avalanche have actually disappointed it a little bit. Some of their departures have hurt a little bit more. But as much as anything, this is a numbers play. This is – I'm looking at the sports book. I'm – books are around. I'm realizing there, there's some movement at other books that there hasn't been at FanDuel and that I expect to come for FanDuel. So as much as anything, this is a numbers move. This is kind of a – there are people smarter than me out there, and I'm looking at that. And, and for whatever reason, whether it's money brought in um, initially – they have a little bit more uh um uh, uh, a <clears throat> little bit more money on the avalanche. They just haven't moved that yet, but I do expect that to move, so i, I kind of like money uh, when I expect
0: it to move. I have to acknowledge I don't know a damn thing about this. The only thing I know is that the avalanche are insanely loaded, and yeah. uh, I am to understand are getting Nathan McKinnon back in the next couple of days. I yes. I'm I don't like this bet at all. I'm just, okay, this is and I, I know nothing That's about fair. this. I couldn't name a player on the Stars, but I do know the of Avalanche, course. and I've paid a lot of attention to the Avalanche over the last couple of years because they're bonkers loaded. They are. They were yeah. set up not just to be able to dethrone the Lightning, but really to be a team that could be talking about winning multiple cups over the span of about eight years. That's the yeah. the extent of the knowledge that I have. Based on that, yeah. I wouldn't make this bet. But that being said, I have to admit, I don't know a damn thing about the Stars. Not one thing. I couldn't tell you. Any. I can tell you that they play in Dallas. I can tell you they used to be the Minnesota North Stars. I can tell you that they uh, Mike Madano played there once upon a time. End of list. There you go. End Sing. of list. Sing. That's what Sing. I've got for you. Uh, long shot. Give me the, uh, the underdog that you like for this week.
10: You know what? There's one of those uh, FanDuel Weekly specials I, I like this week. It's a nice, uh, nice tasty plus 950 plays. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a single-game uh, prop parlay. In the Bears-Lions game, Justin Fields to get, have 100 rushing yards and Amon Ross St. Brown to have 100 receiving yards. Last time the Lions faced the Bears, both of these bets hit, with Fields getting 147 yards rushing and Amon Ross St. Brown getting 119 yards receiving. Is this a likely play? No, Fields hasn't hit uh, 100 yards rushing in a few games here. He has come close. He had a 95-yard uh, game a couple weeks ago. But you know, hundred is a big number. However, a plus 950 at plus nine fifty, at a ten point whatever percent chance to hit, I, I think this could be a definite uh, hit. I'll take it at plus nine fifty.
0: Well, add in the fact that it's an indoor game, right? Like that you're yeah. no longer dealing right. with the weather being a factor. Like it's ideal conditions for Justin Fields to run. I guess there's some scenario where, like, the Bears, knowing that their season's been over for a little while, are just sort of saying, like, "Hey, dude, don't dial it back, right? Yeah, like, don't get hurt." Let's not go crazy sure. here. Like that's definitely a possibility um, that's at play when you look at something like this. But getting back inside and having a fast track in Detroit, I don't know. I'm I'm with you. It's it's worth a couple of shekels, uh, with the odds being what they are for it. I don't I don't hate that. Aaron Oster is with us from the Circa out in Vegas as we're going over our five L's for sports betting this week. Let's, let's just say don't do this. Do not. Do anything you want. It, you know, a lot of people talk about their, their regrets at the end of the year. If you make this bet, it will be a regret because it is a loser.
10: Yeah, you know, when you're talking about bowl season, we've talked about this before. It, you have to be an armchair psychologist to, to really bet bowl games well. Obviously, it's been all over the place. But you do look try to find those teams that you can fade because you just don't think they're going to be all that into the game. And coming up here on, in one of the New Year's, New Year's Six games in the Cotton Bowl, I don't know what to expect from USC at all. Right now, they are the favorites. They are, that number has dropped considerably, though. They are only barely a favorite now at minus one and a half. Um, and some people are going to look at that and say, look, USC against Tulane, I only the Heisman Trophy winner, and I only have to lay one and a half? I'm all over that. And I don't know about that one. Already they have two linemen out, plus stud wide receiver Jordan Addison. There's reason to believe more might not end up playing, and, and who knows what sort of chain reaction that could cause. Let's say one more lineman decides, ah, I, I can't play this game. Then who knows what that means for Caleb Williams, et cetera, et cetera. And then you just have what I was saying, that this letdown spot. This isn't where USC wanted to be. They had visions of being in the college football playoff this weekend. And I try to avoid playing these types of favorites. I actually, early a couple weeks ago, did end up playing Tulane at plus three. I don't know if I would necessarily run out and say, go play Tulane right now, but I can say, don't play USC. So that's why that USC minus one and a half is my loser. All
0: right. Um, I get it. I get it. I don't, I, don't, I don't think I would make it a loser. I can certainly get why I'd be uh, apprehensive about making the bet but calling it a loser i'm not i don't you know all all it takes is for him to open things up you know be having fun and then just sort of saying yeah by the way we're USC like we're, we we let's just go out here and win by 50 and and i don't know man i i don't i would avoid this one i don't think i would say it's a loser bet but i hear you And then give me the one that you love. Give me the one that you say, go make it immediately. Cancel all of your plans to see family this week and get to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel and make this bet right now.
10: Uh, Okay, so we're going back to uh, bowl games here, and I'm looking at the Holiday Bowl on Wednesday when North Carolina is facing Oregon. Uh, The total in this game is completely ludicrous. It's 75. It started around 70. It's only gone up. And you know well, what? It has drifted ludic-
0: seventy-four and a half for the record.
10: Okay, seventy-four and a half. So okay, so seventy-four and a half right now. Um, but you know what? Give me the over in the game. This is going to be nothing but offense. You have two top fifteen offenses in the country. You have two pretty dreadful defenses, including North Carolina's, which is outside of the top hundred, plus you have defensive players on both teams, more than the offensive players. That's a, that's the funny thing about this game. You had almost did the entire offenses stay intact for both teams? But both defenses got decimated by transfer and draft announcements. So you have great offenses, terrible defenses. You have tempo here. I expect this to be an absolute track meet. So, yeah, give me over seventy-four and a half in the Holiday Bowl. All
0: right. All right. Uh, and Bo Nix, of course, is playing because he's back for another year. and
10: Yep, both starting quarterbacks yep. playing.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's one of the rare like bowl matchups where you got two guys that are well thought of quarterbacks that are both playing in the game. That is a very fair point. Is yeah, Drake May is also playing for Carolina. So that's interesting. That's interesting. That's a huge number. That is a it's a crazy match. huge number, but um it's there for a reason. Are they playing it in the foot the baseball stadium? I believe that's the case i, I always i don't know why, step. but I always get a little bit scared about games that are being played in 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 odd stadiums I know that's it's a like there might be nothing to it right but there's just something about like it doesn't look right it's a <laughs> it, i don't I don't know what it yeah. is it scares me off of betting in those types of games and i I thought okay. they were I thought they were sticking out in the baseball because I thought there was some debate about whether they'd move it into San Diego state's new stadium but yeah, it it does look like it is at uh, Petco. I don't I don't know how to explain this, and I, there might be nothing to it whatsoever. Look, there's just something about everyone has their system. Football games that are played in baseball stadiums that I just try to tend to avoid because I it's just it's a go- you know how like we talk about like basketball games played in domes where the symmetry sure. was wrong for shooting. Like I'm telling yeah, you,
10: the, the, the eyesight, right. So now they've, know, there's, they've tried to, reasons to avoid those. They've,
0: they've tried to change that a little bit over the years by like putting the, the court in the center of the stadium. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so, you know, you just have most people that can't even see the court when they go to the game, but like, there's just something about the weirdness of playing a game in a stadium that's not fully right. And like you, some of them you have both teams on the same sideline. It's weird. It's weird. And I just sort of say, Nope, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I don't need to do this. I can bet on something else. All right, uh, tell everybody about the Circa. Uh,
10: you know, obviously, if you're in Maryland, you want to go Maryland Live, check out FanDuel Sportsbook there. But if you're in Vegas, you're a sports fan, you've got to make your way out to Circa. We have the world's largest sportsbook. We have the famous stadium swim, six screens, year-round heated pools. So even if you want to come out in January and watch the NFL playoffs in the pool, it's going to feel really good out there. Uh, we have some big events, obviously, Super Bowl, NFL playoffs, March Madness, Baseball Opening Day we're making a big deal about. So come on out. Check it out at the Circa.
0: Very good. At the A. Oster on Twitter is how you follow him. Happy New Year, my friend. We will talk to you next Tuesday, all right? Happy New Year, everybody. That's Aaron Oster from the Circa in Vegas. When we come back in, we will head to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, catch up with our guy Leon Twyman. That's next. This is Simply the Bets. The next highest Bowser show is Tuesday, January 3rd at Guilford Hall Brewery, 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North. It's brought to you by Maryland vascular specialists and the all new Ginsu Kamado Grill. really unpleasant, so it's time to warm up with some comfort classics this winter at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Try the twisted ribs and wings combo. It's two full pounds of meat, the mac and cheese bites, Mr. Richard's meatloaf, the citrus salmon, the winter spinach salad, and for dessert, here's internet radio personality Griffin Bass to tell you about the bourbon butter cake. Oh my god, it's so good. Pair it with a blood orange bourbon cider or a devil's backbone cranberry smash. Place your order now at glorydaysgrill.com at Glory Days
3: Grill. Great food, good sports. Check out Jeremy Kahn's daily picks at pressboxonline.com as he tries to find you daily winners. And speaking of winners, here's a man who once won a media curling contest. And I don't think anything else. He's Glenn Clark. All right, back in here on Simply the
0: Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Maryland is Full season in full swing not only maryland's bowl game on friday but also of course the championship the college football playoff semifinals are on saturday with michigan tcu and georgia ohio state joining us now to talk more about what's going on in the fanduel sportsbook at live casino and hotel he is the general manager mr leon twyman and he's back with us here on simply the bets leon happy new year my friend appreciate you as always thank you for taking the time for us
8: yeah no worries man happy new year
0: how was the holiday weekend for the book
8: well uh, i can tell you everyone had a good holiday because the book took a beating
0: oh my what was what was the problem
8: uh you know it's uh pretty much just everything (laughs) we we got hit from we got hit from just all around it was just absolutely uh crazy
0: (laughs) So I think typically you tell me that when the Cowboys and Ravens cover, it's problematic, and both of those things obviously happened this weekend.
8: That definitely happened. Um, but we just took, I'm talking just beatings just all over the place, just NBA, college basketball, um, NFL, just all over.
0: Can you tell me about I, – I saw a lot of people. There was a, a – I guess Devin Booker got hurt, obviously, in the Suns game on Christmas I saw a lot of talk on social media about when you void bets, when you don't void bets. Is there anything that, I know it's not your decision. I know you have nothing to do with this, but can you tell us anything about like how that works with FanDuel and deciding how they go about handling props when a player gets hurt?
8: So it's really hard to explain that because it doesn't happen in retail ever. It's usually always online. So it's, it's really hard to really decipher like when they decide to, because from my initial reading, um, there was nothing that was going to be done about that. But then I saw later in the evening yesterday that they actually were refunding those bets for Devin Booker.
0: Really? Really? Maybe it's just a, like you, you get a bunch of people together and beg on Twitter, and then you, maybe it you can work that way. Something like that. I, and I get that it's a very difficult thing because now everybody wants you to like refund every bet that they make. You're like, right. well, <laughs> how, how about mine? Can I get some action on that? I might have won had this thing. not. It's so... It is a very, very difficult thing. Were there any particularly big winners from this past weekend?
8: Uh yeah, so last night we actually had um someone win eighty six thousand dollars off the Chargers game, but they did put down a pretty hefty chunk. Um they put down forty thousand. So we Woo. had that. We had dollars uh, forty Yeah. Jeez. We had a uh, ten thousand dollar parlay turning to fifty thousand. Uh, we had a couple of nine thousand dollar parlays that turned into a little over fifteen thousand each man um I think the biggest one I saw was six hundred bucks turned into seven thousand
0: all right that's not a bad way of uh, turning it's not a bad way to spend six hundred bucks and making it seven thousand is it still I feel like you always tell me that like the pl- the basketball player props are the biggest hits when it comes to parlays. Is that still the case
8: yeah, it still is
0: it's just it's crazy. I don't, I, I got and it.
8: Just, I, I just never, I never hit, him. I never really luck with them. Like, I, I just don't understand it sometimes. I <laughs> got to
0: start swimming in those waters somehow. I got to go just like camp out at the FanDuel Sportsbook and find somebody who's good at it and just sort of start offering to pay him a little bit to help me out. Yeah, I've never, I, like, it's always, I always look at those numbers and I'm like, you need all of these things to happen? Uh, I get scared off by it. Whenever that goes on, and I'm like, I don't, I don't think I can do it. I think I'm gonna have to bail. I don't know. It's very difficult for me. Leon Twyman is the general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Um, so obviously, a big weekend ahead. I mentioned earlier, not just, of course, Ravens Steelers on Sunday night, but you get college football action and the semifinals on Saturday. I would imagine probably a big crowd that's going to be there for that.
8: Oh yeah, definitely. It'll be. It'll be. Really big in here, Um, so definitely looking forward to this weekend, especially with New Year's Eve coming up. I mean, it's just crazy in in live casino in general, um, especially on that day. So it's just going to drag so much more traffic into the sports book once everyone comes in and they see just how great the area really is
0: that's a great point i don't even know if there are rooms left but it would seem like a great way to spend new year's eve just go ahead and get a room at live casino and hotel and then go watch football and bet on football throughout the day in the fanduel sportsbook. and uh after you've imbibed a little you don't have to go anywhere you can just stay right there for the evening and maybe there'll be things that uh, like the misses might enjoy while you're watching football all day. <laughs> there might be some, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, entertainment exactly. for the process. Um and then I know right after that like this after next after this weekend I was just looking ahead uh Javante Davis is fighting literally next weekend. Um so yeah. I would start making plans and maybe you know events at sportssocialmd.com might be a good way for people to start Thinking about as we get into January, how they're going to spend the uh, the first Saturday night of January.
8: Yeah, definitely, because um, as you know, with him being a local, like it's going to be like their own Super Bowl in here. So it's just going to be ridiculous. Yeah,
0: Javante <laughs> Davis fighting. Actually, the fight is in D.C. But if you're not if you're not going down, um, the best place to watch and bet on the fight, uh, Davis Garcia will be the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. And start thinking about it now, reserving your spot, table, group of chairs, avoid buying a pay-per-view, just come in, hang out, watch, bet, come out on top, win some money for the fights. What else is going on this week? What promotions continue in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel?
8: So we still have our Super Bowl promo. um, And from the last time I looked, it looks like pretty much everyone is still eligible as far as teams, I think, yeah, the bills are plus 350. So as long as you get odds plus 300 or higher, place $25 wager, you are entering to a chance to win two Super Bowl tickets to Arizona. So we have that going on. And then we also have two other promos if you have not signed up for online yet. So if you sign up through our MD Live promo code, you get um, actually thousand up to $1,000 in uh, no sweat bets for signing up with the online
10: app. So the way that, the
0: let me app. make sure I have this right. You could, if you use that code and you haven't signed up yet, you could put in a $1,000 deposit and make a $1,000 bet on anything. And if your, correct. Bet, if your bet misses, you're getting $1,000 worth of free bets back.
8: That is correct.
0: Whew, man, I, uh, I want to make sure I have that right. I believe because I saw our friend Sue doing a, a video for it. I believe it has to be before. It's not, you can't use it on an in-game bet. Um, I think it has to be a bet that you make before a game begins in order to take advantage of it. But still, seems like a pretty good offer to me. Um, anything else that we need to know about?
8: Uh, so just looking ahead into January, um, we're actually going to have a nice special celebrity guest appearance in the sports and social area. Uh-huh. Um, it's to be January 22nd. Uh, it's going to be uh, our Baltimore favorite, uh, Ed Reed. He's Whoa! Going to be
0: wow, January twenty second. You'll be have, Ed Reed will be hanging out. Is it for a game? Is it for like q and A? Q&A? What's going on?
8: Yeah, so he's going to basically be hanging out um, and watching games with our guests. Um, you have to actually book the um, the booth. Or the tables in order to hang out with Ed Reed.
9: Okay. And those
8: prices, um, they have not been set a hundred percent yet. Okay. Um, but once they do come out, I will definitely keep you informed on that. Please. But yes, you will have to reserve a spot.
0: Wow, that's awesome, man. That is very cool. January twenty second, into the playoffs, a chance to come hang out, watch the games with Ed Reed in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. That is a big deal. All right, Leon, appreciate you, man. Uh, Happy New Year to you. Enjoy the week. We will talk to you again next Tuesday, all right? All right, sounds good. Have a good one. Thanks, buddy. Leon Twyman, the general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook, there at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. How about that? Ed Reed coming to hang out and watch games on January 22nd. That is dope. You will want to make sure that you are there for that, and we will get you more of those details here in the coming weeks. We wrap up today's show. Griffin offering us the tidbet of the week. Just some interesting things from a holiday weekend of betting that he wanted to pass along. What you got for us? Uh,
1: yesterday, so maybe this is a new angle that we got to make sure we use next year or I guess next World Cup. But the Premier League overs went 7-0 and yesterday uh, on boxing. So maybe it, whether it's a boxing well, normally day angle the uh the World the Cup break. is played in the
0: summer and not in the middle of Premier League season. So yeah. I don't know if that's going to be something that we're going to do. Maybe it's able a
1: boxing day thing. Either way. Overs were big yesterday in the, about that? In the PL. Uh, an exact score in the Vikings-Giants game. They really needed that Greg Joseph uh, 60-yarder. Um, 27-24 Vikings. It was 49-1, to and they put $200.64 on it to win 10K. One of Vikings-Giants' exact
0: scores. Say that one more. They put in $200.64. I don't ever get these. It just feels like it was everything that was left in their account. Like this is it. This just throw it all at this one thing and see what happens. Uh Trevor Lawrence
1: first touchdown, twenty two to one, one hundred fifty dollars, uh, a easy three and a half thousand, three and, and a half K. Kay. Uh someone <laughs> someone had uh they put three hundred sixty thousand dollars on the Jets money line on Thursday night football, uh where they uh, lost to the Jags. Ooh. So Ooh. getting rid of uh you Yuck. know, just tossing three sixty out. Yuck. Uh Griffin's gratuitous grouping hit. Uh, however, nobody knew because I forgot to tweet it out after well, the I show. Well, I mean, people that listen to the show yeah. would have known. I well, mean, I, like, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. just, I was very disappointed in myself yeah, that I didn't yeah. get to share that out. But yeah, Erling Holland, his goal, Maryland minus 22.5. No,
0: normally, we we re- keep it, recap that on the next weekend at Bookies, is normally the way that we go. Just a big that. tidbit. I, people people yeah, were talking yeah, about it. There was it. A lot. No, they weren't because you didn't tweet about it. <laughs> uh,
1: NBA parlay, a lot of big NBA parlay is, uh, as I guess Leon was, which is probably what Leon was talking about because I had a several that I could probably bring up. This one was a 15-legger, 400-to-1 uh, NBA parlay that hit last night in the, or, you yeah, know, it was just a across all the games. They put $3, and they won 1200 Did it involve the Detroit Clippers thing? Because that was insane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, well, they didn't. <laughs> not that exactly, but, yeah, they had Killian Hayes on it. The, they, had, they
0: had some, uh, you know, some pistons well, and some I don't know if any of it involved Clippers the game players. going to overtime, but they were yeah. sa- had their ass saved. The uh, Clippers down by 14 with three minutes to play force overtime yeah. and win in Detroit Wild wild. Yep. wild yep someone had uh i think the stat was it was their
1: teams were like 2 in 1200 since 1996
0: oh i think it was worse than that i think it was like was 2 in 12000 or something i think it was, the was set. yeah i think it was it was completely bonkers
1: um and so somebody had a uh bad beat because of that they had bojan Bogdanovich, 20 plus jaden Ivey, 15 plus killian hayes 10 plus uh jaden Ivey, 1 3s and then he needed Bojan to hit two threes. He went one for six for three, <laughs> including over three in the fourth <laughs> quarter in overtime for the Pistons. Rough, rough. Yeah. Uh, Fanduel boosted the Austin Eckler. They boosted Austin Eckler and Deion Jackson to be any touchdown scorers. Deion Jackson played one snap. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that was rough. Didn't they do a bo- boost on Justin Herbert passing yards as well?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, th- That one hit, I think. Okay. Because it was 200 yards. Okay. Uh, th- right. I did have somebody that... Missed out because they had uh, they had Chargers minus four and a half. They had the under. They had an Eckler touchdown. They had a Foles interception. They needed just 15 more yards from uh, Herbert and one more completion because they had 25 completions for 250. <laughs> He had 24 completions for
0: 235 yards.
1: Rough. Rough way to go. Yes. Uh, Let's see. I had one. This was a World Cup one that I missed last week, uh, but it was uh, Messi and uh, Mbappe to score, and then Argentina to win in penalties. Oh, man. I those three. 82 to 1, $5,
0: $400. That's that's a good way of going about doing it. And
1: then we had a nice cash out here for you. We had uh, George Kittle, 2-plus touchdowns, plus 2,000. That hit. Devontae Smith, 2-plus touchdowns. Uh, plus sixteen hundred, and then that one hit, and they needed Jalen Waddle to score two plus touchdowns on Christmas Day. Uh, he scored one, um, but they they cashed up beforehand. It would have so they put two dollars and fifty cents would have paid out seven point five k. Yeah. Um, but they cashed out for seven hundred dollars. That's,
0: that's the best. That is the best feeling you could ever possibly have. God, sto- stealing money, yeah. stealing money. Uh, and then Eastern Illinois,
1: they knocked off uh, Iowa last week. Someone had a hundred dollar ticket on EIU plus four thousand money line, so they made four. They made four grand <laughs> off of uh, not bad. Eastern not Illinois bad.
0: Not bad. All right, very good. Thanks to Aaron Oster. Thanks to Leon Twyman. Uh, No Weekend at Bookies this week. Uh, We'll be back next week for the first Weekend at Bookies of 2023. And we will see you next Tuesday for the next Simply the Bets. Get to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Get all your bets in this week. This has been Simply the Bets. May the odds be ever in your favor.